previously on Bad Radio. This does not look like a cell, though. So you would leave me your office number? That doesn't seem very personal. Thank you for calling Alan Wrangler's Professional Football. May I help you? Yes. Um, may I speak with Tracy Campbell? She is actually out at lunch. Um, oh. Can I take a message? Uh, this is... <laughs> on another lunch. This is uh, Dan McDowell, um, and we're on the air right now uh, at the Ticket in Dallas, Sports Radio 1310, the home of uh, the SMU Mustangs. All right. Is T.O. there? He is not here. Oh. <laughs> Thought you could put us through to his office. <laughs> Who are you? I am uh, Coach Cairo, head coach. You're really? the head coach? And you're answering the phone? Everybody's going for lunch right now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Should you be devising a game plan for this playoff game? Yeah, hey, dude. Uh, uh, hey, call it multitasking. I'm doing that right now. Good. And Tracy invited all of us to lunch, so that's why we called. Okay, y'all. Yeah, y'all what's she, uh, what would you say just approximately you think she weighs? <laughs> <laughs> like in the over 200? What position would she be? Yeah, if she was a football player. Is she more of a cornerback or Safety an offensive or, lineman? Yeah. Well, she was a college cheerleader, so. Oh, oh wow. wow. All right. All right, well, you tell her that Dan McDowell called, <laughs> responding to her email, Creepy. and uh, would like to you know, discuss this whole lunch idea. Frank, this is a safe place place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. It's okay, honey. That's why we came. Well, uh, I, I guess I... Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly... You get married, and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. I mean, take take yesterday for example. We were we were out at the Olive Garden for dinner, which was lovely. And uh, I happened to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order, and uh, and I found myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be, her panties. Uh, Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants, but I, I started thinking, well, maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're silk panties. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong. Maybe it's a maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. And uh, I I started feeling that it, what what I thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest. Are we not? We are. Okay. We are. Sure. Mm-hmm. We are. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that now that I'm married, I, I'm definitely feeling a little freaked out about the fact that I'm going to have sex with only one person for the rest of my life. Got some uh, breaking news for you tonight. The St. Louis Cardinals, of course, you know, are up for the World Series tonight. New champs, apparently, beat the Detroit Tigers. Our expert on all this, of course, is going to join us right now, Dale Hansen. It's a big news, big uh, win tonight for the folks in St. Louis. I have no idea, John. Why don't you go ahead and do it? Take a short break. We'll be right back to sports. And high school football highlights. Stay with us. The emotion is incredible. 
We are here at the very center of the year, the very center of America, the crucible of patriotism, the seat of immigration, and we are ready. Well, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to do what you all think I'm going to do, which is just flip out. Get the pickles ready. Right about now, Sports Radio 96.7 FM, The Ticket presents the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. This week, we have Bob's B-Day Surprise, Mark Cuban, and the Hang Zone with Grooves. Also, hashtag he's on Mino, RIP Julie Dabbs, not Blake Jones, RIP Bob, and RIP Donnie Doo. And now, two guys that are spending the weekend too big in their bathtub, it's Jake Kemp. And Dan McDowell! Shut it down! Let's go So grown! So huge! Get out of here! Out of control here, Bill! I don't want audio! Football, football. Isn't football great? Man, I love football so much. You want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is this it? Is this it? Get up! no idea what to do right now yeah 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 what is up everybody and welcome to another episode of the bad radio weekly wrap-up podcast covering the week of june 26th on this week's podcast we have bad radio talking with mark cuban we have a junior hockey lawsuit we have the hang zone with groobs bad radio talks with friend of the show mark ribier we have some old bits from Dan when he was in Ohio. We have Joe Kip, Jake's brother, reviewing Full Metal Jacket. And we have a Bob birthday surprise with the fabulous Sports Babe. We start things off with Mark Cuban. Joining us now on the Buyer's Barricade Hotline here on the ticket, it is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. Mark, we appreciate your time today. Of course, guys. What's going on? Not much. We were just talking bubble. Um, so... <laughs> I uh, I will get this out of the way and just tell you that I need I need Luca and KP playing playoff basketball in the next two months. Uh, that is giving me life right now. That's keeping me going. But you and me fir- both, bro. You and me both. <laughs> That's what I wake up every day thinking about. Just thinking, put on the mask and maybe we can get Luca and KP. But my first question about the bubble is, and it's the first thing I thought whenever people started to parse through the 113 page document is, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot regarding the employees. So the Disney uh-huh. employees coming and going, I've heard they might not necessarily be tested beyond a temperature check. Uh, how big of a concern right is that they're, for they're you? Not, they're not going to have contact with the players. Okay, so just you know, when they're cleaning the room, it's when the player's playing or he's at practice. So they're just they're just never right. in right. contact with the NBA personnel. Correct, correct. If they're making food in the arena, somebody from the NBA is going to get it. It's not It's not like a typical arena environment, and everything's exactly the same, except the fans aren't there. It's the exact opposite. Everything is protected. I mean, this is Hotel California. You check in, and you do not leave, you know, um, and it's, it's very specific to health and safety protocols. So, yeah, why would we do go through all this to create a bubble and just let all the, the employees that work at the arena or around the arena just come and go as they please? That would defeat the whole purpose. 
I feel like that should be more publicized <laughs> because it. I haven't read what you just said, and that seems very logical yeah, I mean, and obvious. You can, only, you can only talk about so many things. Yeah. And so, um, but at the same time, we understood why people would bring that up. And, you know, and I've heard it said in a couple other places, but trust me, we're not going to screw up the whole thing because somebody from room service just, you know, went out drinking the night before in Orlando and then went and, and gave the virus to somebody. So, you know, every single precaution. There's, We have gone so overboard in every direction that, honestly, it's probably, given the ages of everybody, um, it's probably safer to be in the bubble than it is to be at home in Dallas or any city. So what was your involvement in setting up all the safety uh, protocols? None. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Um, yeah, they, they they spoke to experts. They don't, they don't need to speak to me or other owners. It was really, you know, who are the best epidemiologists, who are the, the best security people, who are the best doctors, who are, you know, who are the best analysts for trying to predict what the, where all the risk factors are, who has done this before in other pandemics and, you know, here in other countries. We really went overboard trying to make sure every I was dotted and T was crossed. Because it does, we were talking about Major League Baseball, and it seems like some of the things they're doing almost seem we're just piling on rules just to make it appear that we are uh, being a lot safer. Right. Uh, and I wonder if that, I thought that same thing when they said they were going to throw away a deck of cards after they're used uh, by NBA players, because I don't know that that's a, a yeah, leading you know, way to transmit. Yeah, you might as well err on the side of precaution, right? You know, why, why, why not err on the side of caution? Because why not? Right. It's just because there's two things that are going on here. One is the actual specific medical protection of everybody involved, whether it's players or essential personnel. Two is the confidence in the system. Sometimes you have to go overboard to really let people know that you're taking every single precaution. And yeah, so throwing away decks of cards, maybe, you know, MLB saying you can't spit or you can't, you know, chew this or that. Those are just ways to convey to everybody we have really covered every base, literally, and we we are not going to do anything to jeopardize your safety. So before we get to stuff about how this might actually affect real basketball, there was, uh, I think Tim, Tim Bontemps yesterday had the article just about how the security services are going to work with, with you know, third-party security and, and state security guarding the campus environment from the outside. And, and there was a note in there about monitoring social media to, uh, you know, to, for threats that might be levied upon the bubble. You've always been someone who really championed the whole, you know, personal privacy and your data. Do you expect any players to have any sort of wariness just about this feeling? <laughs> I mean, there is a, a visceral reaction to seeing somebody guarding where you're staying with uh, a rifle, right? So do you... Do you, yeah, you I mean, think... Yes, I, I get what you're saying, right? Because it's, it's kind of... Um, disconcerting like you said when you know you look outside and and there's there's folks and rifles but isn't that the united states of america these days yeah it's a good point i guess it's not all that different than being in a burrito shop <laughs> in some places but i just figure with everything that's going on in the country right now and it's players may look at this and just feel just kind of creeped out by it but i also think once they start playing games a lot of this is going to completely go, go by the wayside I agree 100 percent there. You're you're 100 percent right. You know, just because you're so, you know, when you walk into a new situation anywhere, particularly one that's fragile and, you know, flammable in some respects, 
then you're going to you're going to be hyper vigilant. You're you're really going to be overly sensitive to everything around you. And that's a good thing, right? Because you're trying to protect yourself. But to your point, once we start playing the games and you're tired and, you know, you're watching all the other games on TV, you know, and even some of the other sports that are starting up, there'll be that distraction that we don't have right now. And that's one of the key reasons, you know, now that we think that we can protect guys, um, that playing is so important, just the distraction. I mean, when you're having three NBA games on every single day, that's going to be amazing. (laughs) You know, it's just going to be so incredible. Just like, no, you know, now you got, you know, I have to tell myself, no, I'm not watching the news. Turn that stuff off. Right. And okay. I've already watched this Netflix show and, you know, my daughter's watched the office 647 times. So why not watch it with her? And so, you know, but now there'll be NBA games on and, you know, no matter where I'm at, whether I'm there or wherever, it's just going to be, okay, let's just watch NBA. How old is your daughter? Um, I've got two of them, 13 and 16 and a 10 year old son. Okay. They're right around my two girls. So that's, that's what my daughters have been doing too, plowing through the office. <laughs> uh, they're a little disappointed with season yeah. five. They feel like it's losing, uh, losing the steam. Well, I, I think I think my kids were disappointed the third time they watched season five. By the time they got <laughs> the time, and they knew all the the, the script before that, you know, yeah. So <laughs> um, is what it is. All right. So this is Mark Cuban. You probably know that if you're tuning in here, uh, our Shark Tank hero um, and owner of the Mavs. So you, uh, oh, it was by the very. Way, Dan, I, I was going through some old pictures. And I found a picture of me shaving your head. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, from almost we were, 20 years ago. We were trying to pinpoint, Followell was on trying to pinpoint the uh, whole bet there. I think it was Mavs down to Utah, 2 nothing in a series. And you had what some is, bold what? statements that they were going to come back, and I thought that was ridiculous, and, and you actually bet me a shaved head, and... And uh, they came back. And, and, I, and I actually rewatched that game. It was on the other day. And, you know, it's funny rewatching these old games because I'm sitting right down there behind the bench for all these games or next to the bench if it's a home game. And I have my own little routines and you watch and I watch for different things that maybe would be on television. So watching that Calvin Booth game, the comeback and everything was like watching it for the first time, watching Miami game six you know, on again, you know, it was like the first time. And I couldn't, still couldn't watch 2006 games when they were on. So anyway, sorry to divert. Do, do you watch yourself and the way you act on the sideline or whatever it may be? Do you say I was a different person then? Because I certainly do that sometimes with some things when I yeah, look back I mean, 25 little, years ago. Yeah, I mean, early on, I was I was even more vocal than I was screaming and yelling than I am now. Um but yeah, I don't, I, what I remember is, cause I have all these superstitions and I remember which superstitions I was using when I, when they show me, right? So I knew exactly what I was doing and why. So like the Miami game six, when we closed out, every time we made a basket or every time we got the possession of the ball, I would take a sip of my diet Coke in a certain way because that meant we were going to make a basket. And as long as we keep on doing that, then, you know, I might, might go through 20, literally I would give the usher, um, the, the guy who served who brought me my Diet Cokes, I'd give him 100 bucks and just say, just keep on bringing me Diet Cokes. And if you see me at the beginning of the game, my face is like five times thinner than my face at the end of the game when I was on camera after we won. And then while everybody else was partying at, at live at the end, I was certainly having fun, but spending 20% of the time in the bathroom. <laughs> nice. See, that's inside info that uh, the other stations right, will, not, will not ask Mark Cuban about. 
Well, exactly. Now, now you know why that one picture of me holding the trophy going in, standing in front of the urinal. Now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to say it was it, it was very cool to hear you say you had no input into the safety protocols. They asked the experts. Um, that's yeah. that's that that's very refreshing. Now you're not a health professional, but you are pretty good right. at marketing and broadcasting and such. What are your thoughts then? Certainly, you've weighed in on how should these broadcasts go? Should there be fake? fans should there be uh cardboard cutouts in the stands like what should there be you know the in the stand stuff you know there's all kinds of different ways to do virtual um sets and virtual um graphics and all that and we'll use some of that honestly what i've been pushing for and i don't know if we're going to be able to get there is that we have multiple versions of the broadcast so it's not just mark and derek but you know there's a twitch version um there's a um TikTok version, whatever, right? You know, YouTube version, depending on what kind of, of, of people you follow on YouTube, because we're trying to reach different types of audiences. And what's changed over the last three years, last few years, is that there's a lot more bandwidth available from um, cable and satellite companies. So we, they don't have to worry and say, no, we can only give you one broadcast. It's kind of like they do with March Madness or did with March Madness, where you'd see home and away and different versions of the broadcast. That's what I'm hoping we'll be able to do. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off, but that's the hope. Just because, you know, we want, we just want to be creative and, you know, we want to give each individual fan the type of broadcast they want. What, you know how they want it and then we're also working you know for anybody who's a gamer um knows what discord is we're also working on setting up a discord server to see if we can have all maps fans talking together or grouping together in different ways so while they're watching the game they'll be able to chit chat this is mark cuban joining us here on the ticket so to the actual basketball uh obviously the way that the nba has set this up is way way more for it's further advanced than what the nfl is attempting to do or mlb and we'll see nhl may follow you guys but um so that scenario you could see a situation where no one tests positive if the once you get there if the staff is staying away from players i mean ostensibly that is possible but in the event that someone does uh or a few players do have you thought at all about what the cutoff is for, you know, is this something that's worth doing or is this more of a just day by day, we'll figure it out when we get there type situation? I think we'll figure it out. I think, look, it's like injuries. We've got three guys that are injured right now, you know, JB, um, DP and, and Courtney and Willie won't be there. And, and so that's just that's just the way basketball is. And I think that's the way we'll treat it. You know, and really the only way somebody should test positive, the only two ways, one is somebody sneaks out or sneaks somebody in, or two, because not all um, testing is perfect, if somebody gives us a false negative, you know, before multiple false negatives before they go in there, which is, you know, um, the probability of that is tiny, tiny, barely bigger than zero, but it's possible. Uh, One more thing on the protocol. I've seen that basically you can have 15 to 17 guests by the second round of the playoffs, and we've had some fun talking Correct. about that. I'm just going to assume the Mavs are already on to the second round here. And uh, right. I'd say, it, do you think that's any sort of an issue where guys – basically, I guess what I'm asking is, is it a one-to-one thing, or can some guys who don't have anyone to bring give a spot up to another guy? That seems like yeah, kind of a tense conversation. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, like if if you're not married, don't have a girlfriend, and you just want your buddy down there, right? To play video games with, right? Yeah, Instead of yeah, my son, because, yeah, 
Right. Yeah. Now, you know, that's, you know, how you deal with that at home, that's a different issue. But in terms of the league, yeah, I don't see any reason why not, but they have to follow all the strict protocols, right? They're going to have to quarantine. They're going to have to be tested on, on an ongoing basis. And so, you know, you might not bring a young kid for, for that reason, and you might not bring somebody who has a pre-existing condition for that reason. You know, um, if your wife or girlfriend's pregnant, you know, you might want might not want to bring her down, as an example. Um, not that I'm not, and I don't want anybody to read anything into that. That's just an example, right, where sure. somebody may be concerned, right? Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, as far as I'm aware of right now, and a lot of the stuff was just released, yeah, it can be a friend that just you want to keep you company and play video games. Um, some of the things coming out of COVID we're thinking might be a positive. Jake is very happy that he can get alcohol delivered to his house now. You know. Uh, but one of the things <laughs> we are looking at is... Yeah. Uh, Innovation. Do you see moving forward maybe a shift in the NBA's calendar and perhaps sports in general will reorganize and make things a little more logical? I hope for the NBA and I hope not for other sports for obvious reasons. I've always been a proponent of starting on Christmas day because that's when we go to broadcast television. Um, and so, yeah, you know, whether it's, you know, Christmas day or possibly a little earlier, because part of the thought process is hopefully there's a vaccine by then. Right. And I'm one of these people that's very confident that there will be um, just the, the science geek in me just reading it thinks it's, it's highly likely that there will be. Now, the question is the distribution of it. And the more time we buy for distribution of the vaccine, the more likely when we start next season, there's an opportunity to not just have some fans, but more fans than, you know, we otherwise might expect. Um, so that's part one. And part two, school, because of everything, schools are going to not have multiple um, breaks. So traditionally, you know, there's a Thanksgiving break, there's a Christmas break or some sort of winter break in between there. And um, then there's there's a, a early, you know, early in the year break. Um, and so a lot of schools are combining those into one so that when kids come to school, they stay a little bit longer. But when they're gone, they're, they're gone for both breaks combined. And the importance of that is that means there's a lot of kids who are going to be coming home back to Dallas from schools. And that just always helps our attendance because kids coming back always want to go to games. Is Luca fat? <laughs> no, no, no. No, Luca's looking good, actually. He's looking spry, and he's feeling really good. And, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. You know, when KP and Luca, uh, when all this broke, they were adamant they wanted to go home and that it would be safer there. And I was like, I just don't see how. You know, who knows what the case cases are in Russia, but we also know, that you know, which is close to Latvia. And, um, but we also know that there's a lot of cases at that point in time in Italy, which borders Slovenia. And I'm like, Luca, come on, man. I mean, you, are you telling me, you know, there aren't Italians that are going to try to cross the border? And he's like, no, that's just not the way it's going to work. Trust me, it's going to be safer in Slovenia. And KP, it's going to be safer in Latvia. Turns out they were right. You know, yeah. it was a lot safer there. And that created a huge opportunity for them to be able to work out a lot more effectively and, and get a lot more intense and play basketball, um, which guys who stay here didn't. So I'm hoping that gives us a big advantage. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, there were funny two reports came out. They were kind of opposite, right? Luca's trainer was like, oh, he gained a little weight. And then KP, they said he's like a monster right now. Yeah, you know, and, and um, the Luca thing, first of all, let me just tell you, I tried to learn some Slovenian, 
it is the hardest language on the planet. Like I speak, I, I took Russian in high school and some in college and I've been to Russia and spoke, you know, enough Russian to pass by. And I thought, okay, I'll be able to pick up Slovenian. It's a, you know, close Slavic like language. Oh my God, it is brutal. So when his trainer talked to whoever in the media and it got mistranslated, just, you know, instead of, he tried to say Luca wasn't in game shape, which no NBA player is yet. Yeah. And it came across as he's not in shape. You know, that's understandable. But, you know, and you know KP, man. When KP's ripped, KP always wants to post. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so he, he's not shy about that at all. And, and so, you know, they're both ready to go, you know. Um, and it's unfortunate about Courtney Lee. That was a freak accident. And I'm proud of Willie for, you know, making the decision to stay home with his first baby um, when, when he or she is born. So, you know, we'll be ready to go with everybody else. I'm sure most of the players will uh, will follow the social distancing guidelines, but you guys are in the same hotel as the 76ers. Uh, 76ers. So have you already had to have the, the conversation with, with Boban to not bear hug Toby, the Boby and Toby connection? Yeah, well, once once they're in the Hotel California, we're okay, right? Okay. Toby and Bobby can hug all they want, right? They, <laughs> and the content, the content. Now, let me just say this: the social media content coming out of the bubble is going to be incredible, incredible. Because what else are you going to do? Are you going to be there? Um, I'm trying to figure out my schedule because we've got to shoot Shark Tank. And so I'm trying to get all the Shark Tank compressed before the playoffs starts. And so I'm not, I'll obviously be watching. They know I'm not going to shoot anything while the games are on. And so I'll be watching the games that I can't go to. Um, and I'll definitely be there for the playoffs. So how are you doing Shark Tank? No audience? Very carefully. <laughs> yeah, Shark Tank, it'll be the same thing. There's, there's never really a real audience, but um, there'll be all the same type of protocols with all the same type of lockdown things. Okay. Uh, everybody over there fine, Mr. Wonderful? Everybody's, nobody's... <laughs> Nobody's sick. Everybody's doing symptoms. fine. I mean, not not yeah, not COVID type sick. Other types of mental scenarios. That's a different issue. But particularly with Mister Wonderful. But yeah, everybody's fine. Dude, how about Shark Tank? Twelve years now. Yeah, it's going to be twelve years. It's crazy, man. It's going to be that's twelve years on Friday night. And you're the. Uh, this is I always tell my kids stuff like this, trying to have them just keep plowing ahead you are you know you tried your hand at many different things uh, but then you became an overnight success who <laughs> you know you're, you're you did the mark cuban show here with the great gordo you did uh right uh, the benefactor i, I mean you have fun you keep taking yeah, shots and and you nailed it this this one this one's sticking and it's it's awesome it's fun for us to uh you know me and the kids to well, binge watch that. it do your own kids watch you on shark tank or do they like oh no, hell no do they care hell about no. your profession as much as my kids care about mine which is zero yeah it's probably zero right no my kids refuse like my son will watch i take that back like my son if he's 10 and if one of his friends are over and and like shark tank then he'll watch it with them to kind of show off and say, yeah, I did this or I know about that. Um, but my daughters, 13 and 16, no, no chance. Like won't let me near any of their friends, you know, no, unless they can use me for, to get more TikTok views, no chance. All right. What would your kids, cause I want to see if they dunk on you like mine dunk on me. Uh, what would they say if you said, Hey, some people are saying I should run for president in 2024. Well, okay, so here's what happened, because we obviously had that discussion, and we had a vote around the dinner table, and the conversation was, there's no way I want Secret Service anywhere near me. No, you cannot do it. No chance. That was my 16-year-old. 
My 13-year-old was like, eh, no, I don't want to deal with that. My son was like, man, that could be kind of fun. And then my 16-year-old gave him the look. And no, maybe not. And then my wife was like, I won't be here <laughs> if you do. And so that was the, the vote at the, the family dinner table. Well, all but one of those responses is better than, well, why? You just lose. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, no one thought I would lose, and yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, okay, so is that uh, so? what's your stock answer when the news channels say, are you going to run for president in four years? In four years, I don't know. I mean, hopefully there's no need for me. It wasn't my dream to always run for president, not at all. It's just, and I was never, up until 2016, you never heard a peep on me from me about politics, and you still don't hear from me on local politics at all. It's just, you know, having known Donald Trump for almost 20 years now, um, I'm just having, you know, what, what, I'm not a fan of his. I, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't think he can do the job. I don't think he's competent enough to do the job, but you know, I like him as a person, you know, he's fun to be around and he's, you know, and he's personable, but I just don't think he's capable. And, you know, and when he first came out, you know, you, you guys and I have talked about this before when he first came out, I actually supported him because I didn't think he had any chance to win. And, you know, I said he was the best thing that happened to politics because he just says what's on his mind. And I literally thought that that would influence other politicians to be more honest. Boy, how wrong was I? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's um, a weird world to but, be in. Yeah, and you know who you know who the very first person ever to tell me to run for president was? Huh. Donald Trump. <laughs> Back before he ran. Donald Trump. Um, no, while he was running. So the minute I said something positive about him, he started calling me all the time. Ah. Literally, like once a week he would call me. And um we would talk about whatever and you know, he's like, You know what, you could probably be really, really good at this job. You should you should run. And this is when, you know, I don't think he thought he could win, but he was just doing it for to do it. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, that's what gave me the idea first. Well, I'll endorse you if that means anything to you. Probably does I appreciate doesn't. it. But, uh, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show, man. We really appreciate the time. Oh, of course. Anytime, guys. And, look, July 30th is when these games start. I cannot wait. I cannot, cannot, cannot wait. It's going to be so exciting. And, I, you know, the guys are ready. Every- 1877 Cars for Kids. K A R S Cards for Kids. 1877 Cards for Kids. Donate your car today. 1877 Cars for Kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one eight seven seven cars for kids donate your car today. To learn more about our programs and to donate, go to carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. Pickup is quick and easy. You'll also get a vacation voucher and maximum tax deduction. one eight seven seven cars for kids K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also accepting boats, motorcycles, RVs, and real estate donations. Everybody is amped. You know, we're taking even the guys that are hurt. We're taking down Courtney JB and, and DP, and they're going to be a great influence on everybody. Just keep, you know, keep everything loose. And this, we've got a chance to make a run here. I mean. You know, like we learned, you know, people always gave me a hard time about breaking up um, the championship team. And a big part of that was the fact that it was a lockout year. And 
you know, because we were an older team, we knew it was going to be tough to all of a sudden just three weeks later start playing again. And while it's not apples to apples here because the break is longer um, or is different, then we have the opposite advantage, right? Because we're a much younger team, we, you know, we should be able to get back in shape and get loose and, and you know, really press to, to really succeed early on. And hopefully that leads to a great run. All right, Mark, we appreciate your time today. Uh, today we're fired up. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. There's Mark Cuban. Bad Radio talks some junior hockey lawsuits. Came across this story late last week, and it is a doozy of a tale of hazing, Dan. Now, a doozy's doozy? The CHL, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, is... Um, comprise the players that are between the ages of 16 and 21. Now, is this the league that you often will look at names from that league and, and read us funny names every year? That would actually be the WHL, which uh, similar, is, is similar. But okay. that one, I, I don't know why, that one tends to have crazier names, which, of course, is how I ended up stepping into it once upon a time whenever I was... Uh, Possibly mocking someone naming their child Ryder. <laughs> That's right. That's Julie's kid. <laughs> because at the time, I didn't know anyone who had named their kid Ryder. And certainly, they weren't sitting six feet away from me as they were a few weeks later when they decided to confront me about those comments but that I made not, in poor taste. But you did not back down. You're like, you know, look, the name sucks. <laughs> I stand by it. It wasn't so much as it sucks. It's more just like when you see some of these kids' names and you try to wrap your head around, like, that's going to be a 50-year-old. There's going to be a 50-year-old named Caden, K-A-I-Y-D-E-N, like a grandpa. Yeah, but he's going to know five other dudes in the nursing home named that. I guess that's the deal. They'll just all be spelled a little bit differently. The Y just moves yeah. in the name. So, yes, this is uh, this all started just a few days ago. When a uh, a major uh, junior hockey player took to his Instagram, now I don't think this guy is is still in the game. This is years ago. His name is Eric Guest, and he took to his Instagram and told some stories about things that he was subjected to. Now, as an aside, we all know from our own experiences in sports growing up and from news stories that we hear, whether it's uh, the Rangers' Rugnet Odor hazing story, just hazing you here, bro, where they're uh, holding a guy down on video and he's laughing as they all uh, take their hands to his body. (laughs) We've heard some bad ones, too, for sure, some really bad ones, and some of those have come from hockey. You'll have these stories in the 130 News occasionally about a local football team or a local soccer team. I believe the one that drug out over the last couple of years involved uh, a local soccer team and pens and highlighters being put in the back door. Yes. Yeah. Now, the worst I was ever subject to on this front was, I believe we have a drop of me telling the story. It was supposed to only happen on your birthday, but if you were an irritant like I was, you found yourself having... 10 to 12 birthdays a year where you would get held down in the football locker room and someone nude would sit on your face and Jeez. they would try to fart on you. And they didn't find a, uh, <laughs> they didn't grab like a slot. God. They didn't gra- grab a slot receiver or a nickel corner. They, Does that make they, you happy? They to be grabbed a-, a center or a guard. Does that make you happy over. to be a girl dad? 
Yeah, but like, again, nothing they do could be this bad, could it? The one that was really popular for female, the female news story was, I think it might have been Keller, don't really recall, but someone delivered pizzas to a rival school, like cheerleader to cheerleader, and it had, um, the, the pizzas were soiled. With doo-doo? Yeah. That seems to be a common player in a lot of these hazing stories, is now, the bottom. The, it was eaten? I don't know. I just know that they got in trouble. See, that at least has a middleman between the the bottom and the person. Like, you did not. They cut out the middleman. Yeah. They just put a naked guy's butt on your face, and I can't... Like, I wouldn't want to be the giver of that punishment either. Like, oh, they, lo- seems- they loved it. They loved it. They wanted a guy's face in there. It's a power thing, you know? So most of the things that... With great uh, have, power comes great responsibility. ...have surfaced over the last few days and over the weekend regarding this uh, Canadian Junior Hockey League are way, way worse. Than worse? Worse. So this is the first video that came out, about 15-minute video. So there this. is worse than naked guy butt on your face. Yes. Now, I'm not sure if the story that we'll start with here is worse, All right. but also you have to keep in mind the age of the players we're talking about here and that they move away to play in these leagues. They're not at home anymore. It's like we've talked to Sagan about. He left home at like 14 years old, maybe younger, and never really moved back in with his parents full time. That's, yeah. you know, we watched uh, the Rob Lowe hockey movie where you're just living in a house with uh, either a family or like uh, a host parent. That this is what they do, kind of like whenever you and I both uh, have left the country to study, you just live with this random family, and this is what they do. So this guy, Eric Guest, uh, tells a number of stories about things that he went through, but this is the one that uh, first gained traction, and a couple days after this video came out, a lawsuit was filed against the CHL. Uh, so this guy, signed, like I, I, think, I don't know if he was signed to NHL, whatever, at the time, he's drafted. He, so he takes me and this other kid in the bathroom. He locks the door. By the way, he's 16 at this time. He's a, new to the team, and some of these guys who are 20 have already been drafted by NHL teams. They're just waiting to go. So, like, there's, again, a pretty serious power imbalance on a lot of these teams. So he takes me and this other kid in the bathroom. He locks the door, and he, he says, All right, you, like, he said, you guys aren't leaving this bathroom until you do this. And he, he said, you're not leaving the bathroom until you do cocaine, basically, is what happened. It was him and then me and another young kid. And we were locked in that bathroom and said, you are not allowed out of this bathroom until you do this. And... Now, you might stop and say, like, uh, the joke about, like, don't threaten me with a good time, pal. <laughs> but it's 16. Yeah. You talk about ninth, 10th grade, and somebody who's a, basically an, an adult at that point is telling you you have to do all this cocaine. You, and he says he's never done drugs before. And I've, I mean, I've I'm just been anti-hazing altogether. Sure. For everything. Uh, I've never really understood, but if you do kind of understand, it's creating a band of brothers type thing. You're in the same bit together, and... You know, I don't really agree with the clean the floor with a toothbrush, but, you know, if everybody else did it or something, you can kind of see maybe there's like a ritual. I don't know. But, like, what's the end game on this being a positive? It's simply just to control you 
if that's all it is. I mean, and, and that's I, probably and I, what they all are. Yeah, and I'm with you that carrying somebody's pads or carrying somebody's bag to the bus. Yeah, that's. But little... the problem is, once we open it up, it's all on the same spectrum, and so we're asking these, like you know. 16, 17, 18-year-old knuckleheads to understand yeah. that there's a difference between, hey, you've got to clean my gear, and hey, I'm going to make you woof down all this cocaine, and you know you don't yeah. want to do it. I mean, I'm 16. I, I've, I've never even really partied or anything, and that, like, what am I supposed to do there? Like, yeah, that's, that, that should not be happening. Um, I don't know if other stuff happens like that, but for me, that's what happened to me. Uh, should have happened? No. Did it? That, yeah. Um, uh, I'll just talk about some more stuff. Yeah, so he goes on to speak for like 10 more minutes, but he has to stop because he's crying. And it's very clearly something that scarred him. And is, you know, you might want to like tease that, the guy. That might Dude, be that's... worse than butt on the face, bro. Yeah. Just, you know, overall what that could mean and... Yeah. It's... So a couple days after he posted that video, two former uh, players, uh, Daniel Carcillo, uh, D- Daniel Carcillo and Garrett Taylor. Carcillo spent I don't know twelve years in the NHL and got uh, won a title with the Blackhawks. So not a star, but these are guys who did make it to the NHL. They fi- uh, filed a lawsuit against the Canadian Hockey League again, governing juniors and several other uh, junior leagues in Canada, the aforementioned Western League. And the allegations in this lawsuit have not been proven in court. They are just allegations, but they are insane. During showers, rookies were required to sit in the middle of the shower room naked while older players urinated, spat saliva, and tobacco chew on them. Head coaches knew this was happening. Uh, They walked through, laughed, and walked out. Uh, There's things like you know being beaten with a sawed-off goalie stick on the back of your leg and on your butt. Uh, they advised team staff of this that did not stop it. On road trips, rookies would be stripped naked and sent into the bus bathroom eight at a time. The older players would then tape the boys' clothes up in a ball, throw them into the bathroom. The boys were not allowed out until they were dressed, which would take hours most of the time. Older players would pour chew, saliva, and urine on them during bathroom uh, through bathroom vents while they were trying to get their clothes situation figured out. Uh, rookies bobbing for apples in a cooler filled with older players' urine, saliva, and, quote, other bodily fluids. Um, These things happened? Older players would organize orgies at house parties. Rookies were required to take part in sexual acts while the older players watched and took part. So, again, you have a kid who might even be a virgin. You're 16 years old, and now you're being sexualized by an older dude who's like, yeah, watching you, which is insane. And I'm concerned if... uh if kids nowadays learn about sex and stuff just through the internet and porn, right? That's probably better. Like if we're just to list ways you learn about sex, right? That that's a pretty low ranked one as far as the way that it can mess with your head. And for the part of Garrett Taylor, one of the men who is suing these leagues, he says he was permanently traumatized. He suffered several mental health issues which were not present before the uh, abuse. He was hospitalized for a lengthy time with both psychological and specific physical injuries that he suffered from the abuse. Um, the coaches would make players fight in the locker room. You've heard of that, I'm sure. Um, See, that's hard to believe the bobbing for apples one, too. Just because, you know, you always knew, like, uh, even in Days and Confused, there's, like, the one guy that's really into it. 
you know, there's always just a couple guys that are more into the hazing, and a lot of guys then do go along, like with the administering the hazing. Right. But there's some guys that are too into the doling it out. Like they're really kind of sadistic in their head or... Yeah. You usually get a couple of those guys. And then a lot of guys kind of go along, but if you have a... If you're to fill up a tub with urine, that's a lot of guys who are involved in that act, right? So And coaches who this alleges all knew about all of this and either tacitly or actually supported it. Damn, bro. When one of the players was sit down to the junior team, uh, so he'd basically been demoted, the coach waited. They called this garbage bag treatment. They waited until everyone was on the bus getting ready to leave for a road trip. Immediately before leaving, they told him in front of the entire team and staff he was cut. He was told to get off the bus retrieve his bag and report to the lower level team. He was not given any money or further direction. His parents were not notified and he was 16 years old. So they wait until it's time to leave. And then they tell you, actually, no, you're not coming. Get off, figure it out. And you're like, well, I'm a thousand miles away from my parents. Hopefully I have a cell phone. I don't know. This was like the early to mid two thousands. It just sounds, you know, when you think about, it sounds not real. Well, when you think about what would happen though, if if you left your family, right? Because you're chasing your dream. You don't want to one be the kid who complains and looks, you know, quote unquote, soft about the fact that you're having to get, you know, urine and chew dumped on you in the shower. But also, I think the reason that these things aren't worse than they are. For example, like in high school football is you got to go home to your parents. And you might feel comfortable telling them that or word spreads. You tell one kid you're isolated in these hockey leagues. And you're chasing your NHL dream here. Right. If you narc on them, then that might end and you might feel like you'll be blackballed, blackballed. from anything. Yeah. It's about as bad That's of a, a hazing story, incident. dude. I didn't like this story. That's not a fun story. Why did you bring that up and tell me about it? I kind of feel to... like we're the show of reporting on hazing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the fun one where they're laughing while they're doing it. <laughs> I, it doesn't feel like he doesn't laughing. always work that way. Now for the hang zone with grooves. Come on, baby, get up, no time to waste. Oh, get your coffee on, ticket, Dan and Jake. Time to get your ticket up, stick it in your tailpipe. Oh, babe, time for the hang, hang zone coming at you. Uh, uh, hang, hang zone coming at you. Uh, I got a hang, hang zone coming at you. I got a Yes, it is time for this week's Hang Zone, where we just have uh, someone in for an hour to hang, sit around. This week, we welcome Michael Gruber. Groobs. Whoa. Hello. Soupy. You guys soulmate. look great. Little soulmate. Basketball shorts? Hold on. Yes. Can I ask what's going on now? You have a mic. Wait for the dog. Why? 
you opted for <laughs> Wait, a drum roll after the guest after was announced. The guest had already actually spoken. Not only was it announced. and like ten seconds in, decided you know what? I know it's sixty seconds. Let's just let it roll. He's just nervous in front of groups. I am. He's my Why leader. would you play that, Trey? Let's just go through your thought process. I love groups. Aw, you're doing great, buddy. Well, okay, we love we love groups too, but why would you play that after he talked? Because I love groups. That's all I know. Seems like good reason to me. Yeah. You know, like the traditionally how a drum roll is used in <laughs> entertainment, though, right? It's sort of. Do you a, know that, Trey? It's I, a, I do. It's a reveal at mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was fanfare, but that would be like someone uh, running over and pulling someone's parachute after they had <laughs> crashed into the ground and splattered this their body. Is about me, it's about grooves. <laughs> so oh, really? really? I like oh, you're. Going. I'm sorry, it's the Trey Show. We're deciding what <laughs> we, the segment's about. We've got Go an ahead, hour. <laughs> it's been up, Michael. Nothing much, man. You guys uh, look really good. You too. It's good to be with y'all. Are you wearing your customary outfit? Yes. You can uh, see UNT on my basketball shorts. <laughs> that a baby. Um, still got it. You still got it. <clears throat> so, we're going to take phone calls with Groobs oh, in cool. the 150 segment. That went well yesterday. <laughs> well, we were placing a call. That's right. Uh, to be a little more challenging. We're going to take calls for Groobs. So, Little Groobs, who went on to become the music guy at the Stars games, then the Rough Riders were like, man, we need to, can we get on this wave? And they did. They did. They hired you. They seemed to build, like, half their marketing uh, program around you. Bob Bobbleheads? Uh, five of them. Six of them. I'm a sorry. A collection. Yes. And a life-sized. <laughs> There's a there's a statue at, at yeah. the park where I've been in front of that. At, I had a picture made with uh, the Groob statue. It's not now, quite accurate because it would have been really expensive to use that much material. Now, in this uh, day and age of toppling statues, is the Groob <laughs> statue safe? I hope so, but in these uh, in these uncertain times, you really can't be sure. How how did that come, cancel Groob? How did that come to be erected? How did that uh, come to be I, what? Yes, I said erected. Uh, when are you going to grow up, dude? I don't know. When are you going to grow up? How old are you? Uh, 35 in a couple weeks. Damn, bro. We're very close in age. I know, Jake. We're like a month apart. Yeah. Started interning, uh, within a year of each other. Is that true? Yeah. I was, uh, Norm's intern in 02. you rose to meteoric heights while Jake is just sitting there? Yeah. He's just sitting there wearing shorts. Just kind of waiting, though, because look how he's lapped you. I know. It didn't really bother me though. Like it bothered me whenever uh, when TC and I came back and got hired. TC was always on with Bob and Dan. I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. But then I was never upset with the groups rise because I just understood. Like, you were on enough with the hard line, right? This guy's special. You never so wanted to be for San Diego State. <laughs> were you running the board when uh, when Hardline Jake had a mohawk and? No, that was. Uh, I think that was still the Psycho Dave era. And then Crone oh, yeah. Fairy. <laughs> Crony the Butt Fairy. <laughs> Crony the Butt Fairy. <laughs> and then Groobs. Yeah. So Magical when you time. left here, you left here to go finish your college degree. Let's uh, check in on that. Uh, in progress. Okay. WIP? 
Yeah, it's a work in progress. I think Groobs is a perfect him. example, though, of a guy who correctly realized that he didn't need college to be good at what he was passionate about, and it's turned out to be true. But I don't recommend that as just being like, this is the way to do it. I got so many lucky breaks. Well, I'm, uh, kinda, I'm hashtag blessed. A little bit like when I first went to college, I don't think this job existed. The job I'm doing now in this kind of form did not exist when I first set out to uh, to get into radio and more specifically sports radio. Uh, and Groob's job, I don't feel like that was a thing either. No, it uh, Expo was the uh, the reason that I really got into the ticket. He was, uh, you know, no, but you're a board op. But now but what you're play, doing? Being the guy playing the fart drops, that's what I wanted to do. And and you did it. And then I had to start paying rent, and it was I'm, a tough thing. See, I might even go further with Dan's analogy here and say that we don't typically think of someone as hairy as Groobs as an influencer. <laughs> but that's kind of what it is. You leverage the social media and your You would never have gotten hired by Frisco relationships if you didn't have a ton of followers on Twitter, right? right? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Like That's right. why uh, Chuck Greenberg, the owner of the Rough Riders, uh, brought me on board. It's because he knew I had a social media presence. Now, did that have anything to do with your dad? Uh, that, no, not to my knowledge. Okay, because I just know your dad runs in high-dollar, big businessman circles, and I didn't know if Chuck Greenberg and... No, uh, no uh, relationship uh, prior to that. Okay. When your dad is Big Mike, do you still have to buy him a Father's Day gift? Uh, not this year, <laughs> with the uh, social distancing, but we always try to get him a little something, but then he goes and buys like a tractor or something yeah, yeah what just, do you get the guy right my kids were complaining that i just usually buy stuff if i want it so they like, didn't know what to get me but if they draw me a little card i'm happy with that yeah i just still get my dad a piece of paper with a couple little hearts on it <laughs> that are poorly colored in maybe you're it's the best i can do little so hand, hand painted on a plate i have been thinking about you a lot though because uh-huh. i think would you say that, you know, working for the Rangers in your capacity would have been kind of the peak? You know, you've done Stars and Mavs, and I know you love doing the Stars games, but... but to open the new open stadium? Open the new stadium. It's, dude, that's it's, baller. It's baseball, it's the Rangers, it's your dream, it's you your passion. To, you got to yeah. stab Chuck Morgan in the back? <laughs> that's totally all accurate. No, it's a, it's a really crazy thing. Uh, working for the Rangers was the uh, dream before the dream of uh, working for the ticket. Like, uh, I was... a Baseball was my favorite sport growing up. Rangers were my favorite team because I've lived here all my life, and Chuck Morgan's a hero. And now I get to see him when I'm working these graduations at the new park, and we talk about how every weekend he gets, like, five new cameo requests, and they all want him to tell kids not to jar. (laughs) Chuck Morgan is on cameo? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, like... Are you? uh, Yeah, Tweet Groobs. So if they come back and don't have fans, what will your role and Chuck's role be like? Are you still going to play Honda da Gasolina? Everybody can, like, <laughs> or, or what was the Elvis one? Chuckaroon. Chuckaroon, yeah. Chuckaroon. Chuckaroon, Chuckaroon. Yeah. Like, is there, <laughs> if there are no fans, do we still get Chuckaroon? I don't know. Uh, at one point, we were talking about using crowd noise and all that, like trying to sync it up with if the Rangers hit a home run or uh, give up a home run to have the crowd sound accordingly. But 
now we might have fans? I don't know. Like, no one really tells me anything. Okay, so that takes away my next question. Yeah. Because it sounded like you kind of had a little inside info. And- I thought I did, but then things changed, and now I'm not sure what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the governor has said that he expects there to be, like, half full. Yeah, which if that's the case, then don't have to worry about pumping in crowd noise, because so we have cap- capacity. Right. I'm an optimist. Now, he's not the Texas politician who said this might be a time for us to supercharge the Zamboni. <laughs> but he doesn't say half empty. There you go. Is what I mean. He's yeah. he's saying it's, half full. They're half full, yes. Like, do you think the Ranger? Well, they have a new ballpark. But I wonder if they opened it up. They're not considered to be or supposed to be a good team this year. Like, would that be a uh, pretty optimistic thing to for them to think we could even sell half the tickets? I don't New know. I'd, I'd aside, like to think. Though. I hope so. For my, well, you're, for my I, I now sake. can't ask you a baseball question because you're now paid <laughs> by the team, and you. Uh, I'm yeah, a suit now. You won't give us the re- the real dirt. Yeah, dude. I bet, and I'm not trying to just join. But if it was the, the old ballpark. Okay, but in the old bar park, old ballpark, ballpark, I agree. With COVID out there, and they said, hey, things are opened up. You think they could even sell half the tickets? I don't. No, not a chance. But new ballpark, though, yeah. Especially for, like, weekend All, sets, that will no. sell the max capacity they're allowed to sell. Half. You're not allowed to be indoor, right? Don't they have to have the roof open? I'm sure they'll just open the roof, which is in no way ironic. <laughs> yeah, but so now you're in a new ballpark. It's still 100 degrees. Uh, might not get the full benefits of the features. I don't know. We still have air conditioning, and we can figure that out. Air conditioning in Texas, as my grandpa would say. What are you doing? What do you mean running these graduations? So you, like, play the music? Yeah, the running the uh, mixing board and playing some music. and just, uh, <laughs> I might have to do that tonight. We've got one tonight, so I'll see if I can sneak that in. What do you get paid per graduation? So much. Or do you just get paid, like, a salary to be the guy for the Rangers? Uh, I get a a sum of money per each thing that you do. Yeah, it's uh, is it hourly. different per school or is it is it paid by the by the ballpark? It's all uh, the boomsticks he can eat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get paid by the team, I guess. But I just uh, submit the hours I worked, and money shows up, and everything's good. Now I know you're not necessarily like you're not going to be PA guy. Oh, God, no. Uh, but Chuck does way more than that. I mean, he's, what? What's his official title? EVP of Entertainment? Uh, ballpark to- Entertainment. Um, so, yeah, for the last 38 years he's been with the team, uh, during games, he's been the PA guy running the mixing board and playing the music. Uh, so now, during games, he's just going to be doing the PA. I'm going to just be doing the music, and someone else will be running the board. Does, so, every, does everybody know the trivia of Chuck Morgan? He left one year. One year. 2002. And uh, where City. did he go? Kansas City. Kansas as City. Ty says. And let's ask, um, let's ask Blake. <laughs> hey, who, who was the voice of the ballpark for that one year? Hey, Chiefy Chief. Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> uh, do you know Trey? Blake Jones. My gosh. No, nah, who was it? Jimmy the Saint. Jimmy the Saint. Christopher. Hey, and you know, uh, you know who did the music for that year? Bono. Uh, I do not. Ty. Ty Wupker. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Mister uh, Ty, Ty the, the music, music guy. guy. So um, what I'm getting to with this though is that if he's been doing that job that long, he can't be wanting to do it for that much longer. Not trying to 
put another knife in his back. But <laughs> leave, in the case leave of that Chuck, if, is that something you could see doing for, you know, the rest of your career? Working for the Rangers? Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's, if you, that's, you that's, that's my hope. Role. I mean, they keep you off the mic, of course. Of course. Forever. They're not stupid. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just cool to think about, to me, if I stay living or we all stay living in this Metroplex, that if you go out to the ballpark in 2050, it may be groups. You know what I do? That's, that's my legitimate hope is uh, 30 or 40 years there and half retire, but keep working until I die. I'd, I'd replace, if Chuck ever retires, I would put a female voice in there. Because I'm girl dad. You are girl dad. Hashtag, hashtag. girl dad. I'm hashtag woke, bro. You're the most I'm a lot wokest. different. I'm a lot different than you uh, may remember me. I think you... uh, I think we've all changed, Dan. I've changed a lot over the last five. It's a new years. normal. <laughs> um, you don't make a joke out of damned everything. So, Groobs, no. I want to keep people tuned in and listening to the Groobs Hour. Okay. So to do that at one fifty, we're going to take phone calls with Groobs. But next, what I wanted to do was much like when they gave uh, I don't know. Who's the old ball player that played in like five decades? Minnie Minoso or uh-huh. somebody like like the one last at bat thing. <laughs> okay. We wanted you to run the board for the news. Oh, God. Would you play drops and run the board? Would you be able to handle that? I don't know. Like, like I only one, got a couple months of experience in OPEX, and it didn't go well. <laughs> the other but guys can, can get the commercials and make sure we yeah. hit those on time, right? That's an important uh, part of the equation here. As long as I can find the uh, drum roll. So you're saying... (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's that's where we'll... uh, That's what we'll do. One last at-bat for Groobs on the board is next. Stay tuned. Oh, whoa. There's like a whole other part to this song. Oh, yeah. I've heard the whole song. (laughs) This used to be a favorite of the kids. Before they started just going number one on anything I ever brought up. This is kind of the sound they make when you start talking, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Groobs is with us in the hang zone. He's agreed to uh, step back in the box and take another at bat. He is... uh, Are you on the board? Oh, God. Just about to be. Okay, Groobs is taking over on the board uh, for what we call the 130 News with Jay. Thank you, Dan. Here's Trey and or Groobs. Or Blake. Brought to you by groups. Okay. Brought to you by me. My suggestion was that when Dan, the Bill Vec in this situation, brought Groobs into the control room, he gave him a little one-eighth jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's always been my dream is to get a jersey with that number on it. The Stars wouldn't do it for me, and the Rangers haven't yet either. One day, buddy. Apparently, it's tough to get a slash on a jersey. <laughs> well, Eddie Goodell action. Well, we talked about this last week. As uh, the school district where I attended high school, Birdville ISD, was, uh, they took out the trash on Friday, Dan. They held a vote Friday afternoon, I think at 4 o'clock, to determine the future of Richland High School's mascot. The Board of Trustees, I always wanted to be a trustee. Well, what does that mean? That means you're I don't know. entrusted. But like I they don't. look to you for guidance. Right. You and seven others. We're the board of trustees. It you're does a sound, pillar of the community. Yeah. It sounds very high-toned. Justice League. But then you're like, oh, Richland High School has one? 
Well, this board of trustees voted unanimously. We deem thee... We the trustees to... Sayeth... Remove the name... This, this dayeth... The rebels and all associated images. Oh! This wow, might be that's like a pretty big deal. The only time I've ever heard of a petition getting something like this done. It didn't happen fast. And all yeah, this is happening very fast. Yeah, the unanimous thing. Yeah. And I I think you showed me last week, like on Twitter, the the current coach and maybe some players were not waiting for a board of trustees to convene and put on the powdered wigs. They like they ripped down the name off the wall, saying, <laughs> "We're done with this." So I'll bet you that really lent to this happening. Now, there's no word on what the name will be. I wonder if you have to keep the alliteration. Renegades. Renegades. I saw somebody suggest that on Twitter, and Daytona. Uh... Yeah, Daytona. <laughs> the Richland Rejects. The Richland. That would work. Oh, actually, I'm sure there's a lot of successful kids there now. How about the Hills? The Richland Hills. Ooh. And now, I don't know how your mascot would be, though. Your mascot could be Dan Hill. That's the singer from the 80s. Time. Yeah. <laughs> do a Billy Goat. So what a Richland boring Hill, mascot. <laughs> How's the board feel there, Groovy? Weird. <laughs> I'm not sure what the hell I'm doing. We had a sword guy arrested yesterday. Just find some norm drops and fart drops. You'll be fine. This is, uh, this is, I'm, I'm the clearinghouse for these stories. This one in Wichita Falls. 74-year-old man. What does this mean? Don't you think you would have aged out of sword guy? A man arrested after he threatened a family member with a sword yesterday well, afternoon. Th- 74 <laughs> years old. But if you have a sword, you're certainly never getting rid of it, right? The like, an- you don't just an- put it out in the garbage. An heirloom. You don't give it to Goodwill. You know what you do? You get it signed by Randy Jackson. You're not going to not do that. Something you just said made me think, we need to talk to my brother about this later this week, but he was staying at my house this weekend, and I was not there, and he went to take the trash out, and he found an opossum. Okay. And... I think it's weird to say opossum. I do, too. Even if you're supposed to, it just seems like possum. It seems like something a trustee would say. Like, you should... That should be a silent O. Well, he... So your brother found a possum. He was in the trash can, like, jumped out at him, and he puts the lid back down. Um, Those are scary little guys. They look like giant rats. Super scary. I think Mino has a fear of them. Really? Yeah. Who? Well, they also have the... They also are rabies. Rabie carriers, right? Everyone Don't has we a all have a... Yeah, if I saw one of those things, I'm running. Well, I think my dog killed it because he found it dead in the backyard about half an hour later. Or was it playing possum? Oh. Ah. Well, in this case, I know it wasn't because... And I think I'm about to admit to a crime for him. You know how whenever I have fast food that... I need to get rid of the remnants of before I get home and my wife makes... Yeah, you stop at the gas station and throw it away, right? I don't know if it was... Or do you ever... Have you ever taken a couple layers off the top of your garbage and put something under it? Yeah, but that's not... That's not fail-safe enough. That could end up... You could put a dip cup that way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my move is usually to stop it really anywhere. A gas station. um, Let's just say that he got rid of the opossum... And not in my trash can. <laughs> like the neighbors? No, it was a 
local business. <laughs> so imagine you're just going to go fill up and you're throwing out your soda and you look down in there and there's just the... The dead possum. Yeah, don't say opossum. I just don't think that's right. It's like Pete Bryan. I think this is a very... Pete O'Brien. <laughs> <it> just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, possibly. Yeah, like, Pete was he Irish? Uh, this is a weird story. Now, it is. it, it has a positive ending. It's regarding a... Are we on the sword guy still? No, nah, he's just arrested. Oh, what he got arrested for... And that was just an old sword guy. I hadn't seen a 74-year-old sword guy in some time. Irving Firefighter uh, needed a kidney transplant. Now, he woke up to a surprise on Sunday afternoon as fire engines presumably from Irving, where he is uh, employed, rolled down the street and woke him up and informed him, hey, we got you a match. His match is his now fiance. He started looking for a kidney two years ago before meeting his now fiance, and they just found out that she is a match. Now, here's why I say this is, it's a great story. He got a match. Hopefully the operation goes well. But like, if you're the fiance, aren't you hoping that you can get the test to indicate that you were willing to do it, but that it comes back that you're not a match? I think that's a Larry David's uh, storyline this year. Wait, is it? It sounds. Did too- anybody else watch Curb this year? I did, but they all run together. I don't think that me. was this year. I don't. I don't Do you remember. Feel like that was okay. Them, Someone asked him, right? But it was a friend. Was it Super no, no, no. Dave? Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. Well, he doesn't. He's not around anymore, man. Well, yeah. That's why not I think it was. Season. I thought it was a few seasons ago. Okay. But in any case, no. It's a it's a TV storyline, but maybe it's not Larry David. I know. And I'm trying to, to think of what it show. Back I was... to Lost, uh, Locke and his dad conned him out of a kidney. Uh, he did what? Conned him out of a kidney. <laughs> yeah, he, he took a condom out of a kidney. <laughs> so. I think for a couple reasons here, if you're the guy getting the transplant... Now, it's, granted, again, this is not your wife yet. It's Jack on uh, 30 Rock, because that's why I played you some audio where Alan Alda was there to... Ah. He needed a kidney, and Jack didn't want to give it to him, and I played that Alan Alda audio. I'm glad you Good were able dude. to recall that. Yeah. Well, you're really not, because I just interrupted the story. So, if you're the guy who's receiving the kidney, one, you're not married yet, and this is a hypothetical, I hope things go well for this these crazy kids and his kidney. But if you start having cold feet, yeah, you're now you're not going to get married. Pretty screwed. If you're her, you kind of feel like, well, even if I'm not really as into this anymore, I already went through having. Now there's a huge implication, right? Does Implications she, everywhere. Does she only get half her kidney back if they get a divorce? Right, it's Texas. It's fifty-fifty state. Right. Uh, and if I'm her, I probably milk this. You know, maybe push the bounds of what you think you might be able he's, to get away yeah, with. Yeah, he's it. never going to. This is going to ruin their relationship. I think it has a chance. Yeah, to, he's never. Saying. He's never going to have the upper hand in anything. Right, and then he'll grow. Uh, Any argument, he'll grow angry. Like, oh, so I give you a kidney, and this is what you're going to do? You can't hold that over me forever. Was well, the kidney going to be there forever? Oh, if you'd like to op- operate on equal footing here, you could certainly give it I back. I got enough on my mind right now. I don't need your bull****. <laughs> Press the bar guy makes a return from the reign of groups. 
So yeah, I think I would probably tell my fiance it's great your match. I'm gonna keep looking. What's going on over there, Bitbird? Now I'm just looking at a text I got that on billions. That's also a storyline. Apparently, that's a very famous. <laughs> Uh, if you're saying it's on Lost, it's on 30 Rock, it's on Billions, too, where Chuck's dad needs a kidney. It's all over the place. It's a very common trope. Probably more, it's one of those TV things that happens more on TV than actually in real life. Like amnesia. Yeah, what's up with amnesia? <laughs> you don't know anybody. What's never the met, deal with amnesia? I don't believe it's ever actually happened. That's what I'm saying. You've never met anybody. You've never even heard about a friend of a friend who has amnesia. But Seems there's a variety convenient. of TV things that, yeah, like like uh, when someone is watching a news story about themselves and they just turn it off disgusted halfway through, you're never going to turn off a story about yourself. No. Like Jordan did in Space Jam when Jim Rome was killing him. Well, Jordan's on TV all the time, but it's just your average person that's on TV and they're, they made the news for the first time ever and they turn it off disgustedly like, well, no, you're going to wait and see the commentary about you. Is it's it more related? eat the pizza. Nobody else. Is it more haughty to say opossum or trope? Trope. I don't know. It's just opossum. It just seems like you're trying to throw it in my face that you're a lot smarter than me. Yeah, but I mean, so you could also just use the word storyline. Yeah. But then you go lit 304. <laughs> these, are, <laughs> these are all trusty, like... The type of person that says opossum also says catsup. No one says cats up. No one ever says cats up. Or I've, I've, unless you're spelled. 80. I've never heard anyone say that, just like I've never known anyone or known of anyone with amnesia. They, neither one of them exists. Do you think the show could have a board of trustees? Yeah, but it would get annoying because Bob would want to be on it. <laughs> and he would have, like, outsized voting power despite only being on the board of trustees. You just know? bully everybody into submission <laughs> right. on So many filibusters. Yeah. He would own us. He still kind of does as a... He's probably sitting at home going, what did I do to deserve this shot? Bad Radio LLC. But that's how it works, though, is you got to give all sorts of people that aren't involved in the day-to-day voting power. Oh, really? I've been on a boat at night. Yeah. Well, what if we get one... You've seen, like, Succession and stuff. You know, they got all these people that are just... Curbs, would you be on the board? He would definitely be on the board, yeah. The board of trustees? Carlos. Oh, definitely Los. Ivan... (laughs) <laughs> TC. So it's all former interns? Eh, maybe not him. Uh, Like, I don't know. Tara. The MySpace chick. Summer. MySpace Missy. <laughs> all right, so don't say opossum and don't say trope. Coming up next. Trey, I don't know how to get to break. <laughs> we'll take phone calls. Oh, wait, yeah, oh, give, it a, give it a second so he can walk it back there. Hold on. I got something that will kill some time. To Nancy. What a surprise it was running into you today. After so many years, and in such an unusual place, my dresser drawer. But since you're nothing more now than a name scribbled on a high school play program, I threw you away to make more room for underwear. This version sucks. (laughs) All right, 156, Dan and Jake. The third leg of today's hang zone with Michael Groobs Gruber. Hey. And we thought, since no hyperbole here, I'm not sure that there's ever been anyone more loved by the P1 than Tweet Groobs. They don't know me that well. Well, I agree. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I totally agree. 
but it is the case. Oh, it definitely is. So I'm very well loved. Let's leverage that love into some phone calls, and we're going to do that here. This is your chance, America, to speak to at Tweet Groups. Uh, Jerry once paid for him to get a hotel room next to a Patrick's <laughs> Day party. The stories go on and on. We don't need to tell them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What's the phone number, Groups? Uh, what the hell is it? 888-787-1310? That's right. No reason for profanity here. Oh, what guy, the heck? He's, he's and there's kids listening. Working blue now that he's. Do we still? Oh, we still have a one ball line. Yeah, I don't know about that. The Lance oh, line. <laughs> Let's start out. It's, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start out on line three with Tony in Bedford. Say hello to Groobs. Hey Groobs. Hey Tony. What's going on? Uh, I'm on the radio right now. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. I didn't really have much to say. I was calling um, just to... to Sorry. (laughs) Sorry? I don't know what happened there. Look, the only person that should call into the show without any content is me. We go to line one, Clayton from Crowley. You are on the ticket. Hey, buddy. Gerbs, what's up, man? Hey, I want to hear you talk a little bit about Jared Mino and how how their game kind of compares to yours. And I'll hang up and listen. Oh, man. Uh, Jeremy, obviously, has been doing this for 20 years, and he is still phenomenal. Uh, he's the guy that trained me, and I'm assuming Jake, and probably every single board op that's been here since. Uh, he's the master. He's the uh, the leader of all board ops, as he should be, along with Expo, the patron saint. And Mino has Why been... Why are you shaking dice like that? What does that mean? <laughs> We're on the radio. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Uh, and Mino has become really, really damn good. Line He's, two uh, is Carrie on Lake Ray. Oh, you weren't done? No, that's about it. Carrie on Lake Ray Hubbard. Ooh, a hot name there, Groobs. Go you ahead, say hi to Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Groobs. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that's a pretty hot name. Voice for you, buddy. So good. Hey, man, I'm out here uh, enjoying a good old Tuesday afternoon out here on Lake Ray Hubbard with a little bit of brewski and wacky tobacco. I wanted to know if you knew any good fishing tips for me, buddy. Uh, I'm not Julie, so I can't really help out with uh, fishing advice. Just uh, try to catch one. Use a worm if you have one. <laughs> I'm using sink bait, man. Have you ever been fishing, groups? Do what? Have you ever been fishing? Uh, every now and then. Used to go a lot as a kid, but it's uh, not as much anymore. Yeah. Oh, you ain't got a honey hole you know of? Uh, I do have a honey hole. Oh, but... yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. How's your honey hole? All right, Hot Carry. Oh. <laughs> we go to <laughs> line five is Galenti Funk Valenti. in Irving. What's up, sweet MS and grooves? Hey, buddy. How are you? Haven't talked How to you in a while. Long time? It's been a minute. You know, I'm I'm used to sending you my uh, random text here and there. I appreciate it. They're usually late at night and mostly coherent. That's, that's what I do because they're usually right after some. You know, you know what I'm saying there. But anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> I get it. I have a question it. for you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, p- please tell me I'm calling you on Mike Reiner's African American line. Do y'all remember that? Do y'all remember that line? Uh, we call it the no. uh, all inclusive line. Now, sir. Okay, thank you. I love it, and that's why I love you and the ticket. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Groove, stay black, bro. Okay. All right. Thank you. 
Peace out. I do not remember that <laughs> that line. Yeah, that uh, that might have been a thing. <laughs> Didn't age well. Line six. Mike, sort, of, sort of an all lines matter now. <laughs> Mike in OKC. You're on with Michael Gruber, the uh, the man who does the music at the new Rangers ballpark, or who will, we assume. Eventually. Go ahead. Scrooge. Yes, sir. Got a question for you. Okay. Who would be your ticket ghost in the afterlife? If you had a ghost following you around saying, like, Phil's Reiner, I don't know if I would do that, uh... Uh, I don't believe that. Right, that's just a bad <laughs> that a great impersonation. How about line five is Clay and Sanger? Clay, you're on the ticket. What's going on, fellers? Hey, Clay. How are you, buddy? Good, man. What are you up to? Oh, you know, just gang banging and dope slanging, man. Um, <laughs> aren't we all? Oh, yeah. Got a question for you, man. Uh,. Since you got such great insight into most things, I sure do. Uh, why does your nose run but your feet smell? I don't know. Why does my nose run and my feet smell? You think it'd be the opposite, you know? It's not even a <laughs> not even a punchline. What if we uh, keep taking calls with groups? We go to another carry. Another hot carry in All Mansfield. Right. You're on line one. Carry. Hello. Say hello to Groobs. Hey, Groobs. It's actually Carrie. <laughs> oh, Another sweet, Carrie. sweet Carrie. Hey, Groobs. You remember uh, that time that uh, I called you a long time ago and I was at Fat Daddy's and I got your number and we pretended we were a girl. It was awesome. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That was, that was great, though. All right, line yeah. six is Jeff. I apologize for this idea. <laughs> Jeff the Cleburne P1. This was Jake's idea. He's like, let's take some calls with People groups. love grooves. It's- I don't know. I'm kind of liking the jokes and stuff. <laughs> hey, no, that, that, that was a good call, guys. Oh. I'm, I'm glad he's on the phone. All right. What's up? All right, hey, uh, all right, grooves. good to hear your voice, sir. Thank you. Hey, let me ask you this. What is your thought on Mike Reiner leaving, and how did he help you? And I'll hang up and listen. And uh, I got to say, when Shoopy posted his uh, retirement video, I definitely cried, and I cried myself to sleep a couple nights after that. That was a uh, a heck of a thing. He's uh, he's Shoopy, and without him, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities that I've gotten. Got to make friends with uh, my soulmate Dan and my best friend Jake, who I never get to see anymore because he's a family guy now. But uh, Mike is the reason that we're all doing this. And we love him. Cried yourself to sleep, huh? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it was a tough thing. Do you think we should keep the name of the show as Bad Radio? Uh, I don't know. I think, honest, uh, to be I, honest. Just honest opinion. I kind of liked uh, Super Bad Radio. I thought that was neat where it keeps the, the bad, but it also kind of frees you from it. While also not doing that. We go to line eight. I don't think he listened to you. No, he'll do that. Groups. I do. I need to do a big reaction afterwards. You want me to play a drum roll? <laughs> Keep your anger with Trey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Line eight is uh, Michael in Denton. Um. Oh. So my feeling <laughs> is, 
you, Darvish, uh, was ready to go wherever anybody told him. <clears throat> Am I wrong, guys? <laughs> Uh, what are this you trying is, uh, to say? I'm, I'm I'm not sure the point you're trying to make here. I yeah, mean, he was going to the Dodgers. The Dodgers were not on his no trade list. No, the Dodgers uh, were on his no trade. <laughs> were on his. Uh, were not on his no trade list. Uh, you Darvish was ready to go to uh, the Dodgers, or I uh, believe. Uh, other teams? <laughs> we we can't even fix a horse's bones, Shoopy. We can't even fix a horse's bones. It's ah, did he plan this? Uh, all right, homie. We're going to let you go now. <laughs> that was a great call. Good Lord. Inception. That was a... Uh, it's weird having drops played of yourself. What do you mean? I don't know. You're just going to the phones with groups. That guy uh, seems like a really sweetheart. <laughs> I like uh, let's go to line five. Paul in uh, uh, Grand Prairie. Uh, Paul in... Uh, what? <laughs> hey, Groots. Hey, man. What's going on? Hey. Uh, not much. Just uh, going back to work, you know. Gross. Uh, I've got, yeah. I've got a uh, jock jam for you to play in the arenas, man. It's uh, it's an untapped gym. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. All right. You got your pen and your paper? You ready? Take down the notes. Yes. Okay, the band is called Breakwater. Like break wind, but maybe with diarrhea, breakwater. <laughs> okay. And, uh... All right. That could have revolutionized arena music when you blew them up. Larry and McKinney. And I forgot to say up. <laughs> Larry, uh, line four, you're on the ticket. Larry! Hello, Groobs. Hey, man. I just want to let you know that you are my leader. Oh. I have a picture of you and I from St. Patrick's Day a few years ago where I make you look very, very minuscule. And I would like to know what your favorite Mike Reiner moment is, and I will clear the room. Oh, man. Favorite Mike Reiner moment. Uh, I still remember him somehow confusing himself, trying to talk about uh, Green Tail Shiner. I think it was... Ty, do you remember what the context was? Yeah, I... He was, like, trying to talk about Shining... Uh, a dinosaur's tail, it was or about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he said he played Green Tail Shiner or something. <laughs> it was something weird. Oh, like no, that. I think that's actually right. Yeah, that that does sound right. Uh, that was up there just for the sheer confusion. Uh, <laughs> so your favorite moment of a Radio Hall of Famer is just when he's stumbling all over himself. Well, there was also the time that he was uh, reading through the Cowboys roster, and he got stuck on a player named Room. No, oh, yeah, and it was. And he actually, realized that it, uh, it was an autocorrect of Romo. Romo. <laughs> and they say room. That's I don't know what that is. Room here. Oh, Romo. Yeah. Sorry. Ty's like uh, Romo. It's like, oh yeah, that. Yeah, that was back in the day when we could like say it in his ear right. line in the from the ticker booth, so you don't hear me. You just hear him go, oh, Romo. Sorry, sorry. What I do? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh, we were gonna hear it. I'd sit too. Have the minute bit. Hold on, let me get that. Um. How do you I mean, keep this a secret? Weird. How do you keep... How it? does anybody keep it? How did this woman keep it a secret? I don't know. When Kenny was getting <laughs> shrouded with... <laughs> with bodybuilding accessories. Yeah, bodybuilding stuff. <laughs> right, right. And green tail shiner and stuff. And What is that? <laughs> did he have a movie where he 
like was like half lizard and had a tail. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> f. Oh no! And what was the name? Green tail Mister. Green tail liner. I no, think. green tail shiner. Shiner, yeah. <laughs> What movie do you speak of here? I don't know. I, I was just thinking maybe he did. He I'm, was not, I'm not real familiar with this lizard. Word. Lizard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Boy, fun. That's vintage. Right? Well, Groobs, this has been fun. Oh, was that it? That's it. I don't know. All right. What else you got? We're playing you out. That's about it. We hope to hear you play Chacarone. <laughs> That will uh, uh, that will happen. If not, for I, ho- Elvis, I hope someday for a forny high school graduation. I was going to say, I hope you play uh, Nora's high school graduation music. Right, be, it would be my honor. So you can do Chacarone. <laughs> All right, man. Proud of you. Love you guys. Good to talk to you. Um, coming up next, you have Hugh Darvish. Are you still drinking, dude? Uh, no. How many times have you quit? Multiple. <laughs> But I'm trying, man. I'm trying. It means he's not quitting. He's not drinking right now while he's talking to you. Semantics. I don't know why you're so obsessed with just busting his balls over, <laughs> trying to get a it's, little it's accountabi- un- accountability it's, buddy online. It's yeah, very un- big jerk. It's, it's very like unlike every, Dan. Every couple of years, though, you seem to post a I quit drinking post. It's a well, this time I didn't. So that's progress, right? See, you broke him. Just like whenever I first started interning and you guys made fun of me for having in a relationship on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's horrible. They're right. <laughs> the keeper of bad bits has weighed in. All right. All right. Well, all of our heroes not named Groobs are in trouble. That's next. So some of our heroes are dodging bullets. At least some of my heroes. We'll start with Tina Fey. Who really put herself in the news, it seems here. Tina Fey, creator of 30 Rock, have asked that four episodes of 30 Rock be removed from streaming and syndication. So maybe just in time for, as I'm going through my second swim of uh, 30 Rock, we're watching on Hulu almost every night. We'll catch an episode. Four episodes in which characters appear in blackface. Didn't realize that. (laughs) Tina Fey, in a statement, said, As we strive to do the work and do better in regards to race in America, we believe that these episodes featuring actors in race-changing makeup are best taken out of circulation. I understand now that intent is not a free pass for white people to use these images, I apologize for pain they have caused. Going forward, no comedy-loving kid needs to stumble on these tropes, Jake, and be stung by their ugliness. I thank NBC Universal for honoring this request. And they say all the episodes will be removed by the end of the week. And if you want to Google which exact episodes they are and rush to watch them before they get removed, uh, you can do so. But four different episodes. I think that's the way to do it, right? <clears throat> Not blackface, but to sort of look at the ref and say, that foul's on me, rather than... Rather than wait for the, would you say, PC police to come barging down your door? I mean, she wasn't in any sort of trouble, and 
probably won't be in any receive any sort of backlash. She knows she's going to take heat for it and just inserted herself. You know, possibly there's a little bit of look at me to it, but I, I would say that's probably the way to go about it. Next up, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. A guy who I think the time bomb has been ticking. <laughs> I believe you've mentioned Jimmy Kimmel multiple times before. On just the... Kempspin. Just this guy or that guy, you know, being being taken down or at least, you know, knocked down a bit. Boy. That's, uh... Well, I think... And it's because Jimmy Kimmel, for those who don't know, used to host The Man Show. Of which I was a massive fan. With Adam Carolla. And it was just a appealing to the jackass crowd, of which you were a massive fan, right? It ran... The four years it ran were the four years I was in high school. And, and I'm it, not going to say I'm anti-man show. I'm not above it. I loved it, man. But, I loved it. I loved him on Win Ben Stein's Money, and then I was like, hey, this guy's got his own show. But the reason it came up recently and that I mentioned it was whenever we reviewed Tropic Thunder at the Alamo. And obviously you have Lincoln Osiris's character in there played by Robert Downey Jr. And people started saying to us, like, well, what about Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel did blackface and, and played Carl Malone? And I understand that we're looking for a level of nuance and threading a needle here, which is probably a lost cause. But the character in Tropic Thunder is making fun of the idea of rather than hiring a black actor, they would hire a British white actor. He would become so consumed with his identity as an African-American that he would never break character. Like To me, the parody is so different than simply saying, I would like to play Carl Malone. Like the whole thing, the whole movie is making fun of Hollywood. Right. And movie making. And the idea that, exactly. agents and whatnot. And yes, there's another thread. And something else to make fun of is that, yes, they would not hire a black actor in order to hire someone else to play somebody who's black. Or like in the old days, it would be hire, you know, they wouldn't hire a, uh, a Hispanic actor. Like in the outlaw Josie Wales or something like that, you know that's famously they have, uh, you know they would hire a Jewish actor, who or just someone else who is not Hispanic, because that's just the way Hollywood did it, right? And it was not good. So I think Tropic Thunder as a commentary on this stuff is different than the Kimmel sketch, but I, I like I said, I realize we're not. <laughs> It's like putting dumb in front of it. That's not really, yeah, that's not really a conversation that I that I think is going to find much purchase here. Well, yeah, and is there a way in this day and age to say there's some blackface that's not bad, or is just there no way to say that? I think at this point there's probably no way to say it. Um, you know, I mean, but to me... Like, blackface started out as very bad, right? Right. Obviously, black if you go back to the... Black people would be able to be entertainers, and then when they did the blackface, it was portraying black people as much different than they actually are. It was just as, you know, lazy, whatever it is, you know, the, well, it was the working, early minstrel shows. Right. It was working to reinforce the negative stereotypes yeah. that the white audience had about uh, black people. So it was not just, hey, skin color. It was, hey, here's also this whole package of negative things that you, the audience, oh, they're all laughing and clapping about. Sarah Silverman had this. We've talked about this, the whole, 
she got fired from an indie film before uh, filming ever started because they had uncovered an old Sarah Silverman show, and she was kind of doing the same thing as, well, it was, you know, she's very woke, if you want to use that as a term. Uh, and you could say I'm cringe, if you want to use that as a term. <laughs> but she's, you know, she was she had a, uh, a, a black dude who was a part of her show. They switched roles one day where she had to go through life as a black man, and he had to go through life as a Jewish girl. And comedy ensued, uh, but also, you know, they were to see each other's side a different way. And, you know, when it got uncovered, just a screenshot of it was, oh, shit, Sarah Silverman uh, did blackface, you're fired. Caught it in time. Oh, God. Everybody settle down. You're going to be able to say the S word on terrestrial no, radio within five years. Well, somebody's got to be first. And I don't need everybody crying about it. Thank you. <laughs> so we talked about this the other day a little bit. I don't think we were on the air. But, again, trying to thread the, the, the needle of nuance here. I care a lot more about things related to rights, treatment, policies than I do about jokes. I realize that they're inextricably related in our conversation about these things, and particularly when you talk about blackface, you are hearkening back, wittingly or not, to a time when the comedy of the you know late 1800s, early 1900s were completely tied in with keeping uh, minorities <laughs> in their, quote, place. Mm-hmm. But I also, don't you kind of think that and I already know the answer is no, that it is possible to uh, still make jokes about things that are not completely PC and say, um, I also don't believe that these people should be murdered by the state disproportionately or not allowed to live in certain places or be denied loans or be fired from their jobs. So uh, can you make a gay joke? Well, I That's the thing. Right. And I would say, yeah, I would say all yeah. day I, I want the Supreme Court to rule on the side of uh, the issues when it comes to protections for them in the workplace or just in life. But I don't – I kind of feel like it's pointless for me to even try to make this point. Or a, there's a, still funny. a Bruce Jenner joke. Can you make still, that? I, Can you make a Caitlyn Jenner joke because that's still funny? Yeah, but I – That the, the guy who I grew up with on a Wheaties box, uh, the, the cathlete, is now a lady. That's funny. I That's agree. Definitely funny, but I also think he should be able to live the, his life the way he wants and be able to, uh, you know, do whatever he wants in life. That's fine. And the argument against that is people will but say it's, it's still funny if you're making a, if any jokes about it at all. Then you're perpetuating the more serious things about it. Right. And I don't know if I totally buy that or not. It just to me these things are kind of getting conflated, um, particularly the Sarah Silverman one. Bruce Jenner becoming a lady will always be funny, though. There's just no way you can talk us out of that. Uh, Bruce, uh, okay, so yeah, Jimmy Kimmel was in, was in blackface on his show. He dressed up as a full Carl Malone, I think. And look, the man show in general, it's, let's leave race completely <laughs> out of it. It's about the most offensive Yeah, somebody watches show. that and throws it up in front of his uh, late night audience, there's going to be a lot of shock. Right. Right, yeah. And I loved um, it. <laughs> and then Bill Simmons finds himself in a bit of uh, trouble. There was a New York Times article criticizing Bill Simmons and his hiring uh, practices this got social media fire going after his June 1st podcast, 
So Bill Simmons, the guy who started The Ringer after leaving ESPN and then sold The Ringer to Spotify this year for like $200 million. We've been really fascinated by the story of Bill Simmons. And he's got a lot of podcasts. His podcast network is what he sold, uh, 30 podcasts or so. Um, he sold that to Spotify. His June 1st episode, he had Ryan Rossillo on as a guest. Uh, so they are both white. And Ryan Rossillo was talking about, uh, this was June 1st, so it's back early protest days. Uh, maybe a lot of the early protests were uh, devolving into riots as well. And they, like we, were trying to make sense of it all and just kind of talking it out. He said something regarding Bill Simmons and his hiring practices, which got people uh, looking into that. Here's what he I said. I would hate if there's a younger generation of black people growing up in this country, Bill, where they just feel like everyone is out to get him. And if you're young and black and that's the way you feel, I can't tell you that that's not true. But as a white guy, you know, that I think a lot of times, too, we'll do this thing where it's like, well, hey, I treat people well. I'm a good person. I haven't. Look at you, Bill. Look at the people that you've hired. Look at the company that you've started. Look at the jobs and the opportunities you've given a diverse group um, which I know you're always looking to do, you know, I'm not bullshit and I'm not kissing up to you here. Like this is, these are facts. Like you have tried for a very long time to make sure you're hiring as diverse as possible and you've done these things. And so every now and then it can be like, Oh, it's just two white guys talking about race again. But basically that out of the two hour podcast was what got people, uh, again, when I say people, is it five people? Was it a million people? I don't know. But I know it's a story now in the New York Times, which had people like, oh, really? So Bill Simmons is uh, really into diverse hiring, huh? The Ringer Union, uh-oh, <laughs> which has 65 uh, employees under it, its uh, umbrella, noted in a Twitter post that day that uh, the Ringer has no black editors or staff writers covering the NBA or NFL. It said more than 85% of the speakers on their podcast last year were white. He originally started uh, The Ringer with an all-white editorial team back in 2015 or 16. Uh, they do have six black editorial staff members out of 90 employees total. Four former black employees, according to this article... Uh, spoke on condition of anonymity for fear of antagonizing Bill Simmons, said they often felt uncomfortable at the ringer, said they were sometimes heaped with racist abuse on social media and uh, in comments where they covered topics that might not have fit the expectation of the typical ringer reader, like a post on Beyonce. Top editors did little to defend them on social media when they were under attack. That all seems fairly subjective. Uh... Bill Simmons replied via email to the New York Times. He said, uh, the company needs to spotlight its best podcasters. It's a business. This isn't open mic night. To which uh, somebody on Twitter uh, snarkily replied, uh, okay, bro, this is an open mic night. And then they listed some bullet points. Bill Simmons gave his teenage daughter a podcast has his son on many podcasts, employs his nephew as a producer, gave two podcasts to a friend whose main personality is, quote, I enjoy eating food. 
and not mentioned there is uh, mentioned in the Times article, which says some staff members said they were taken aback when a white editor was chosen as the sole anchor for a podcast on the show Atlanta. A show very much about being black. Right. He said, Bill Simmons' uh, reply to that was, the editor got the show because she conceived it, and she had podcasting experience. Uh, We don't want to put people in a position to fail. Black employees regularly appeared as commentators on that show and uh, have hosted podcasts of their own. But, I mean, hasn't the joke between you and me and Bob over the years, don't don't we joke when we joke about Bill Simmons, about having his dad on once a month, his friends, his his cousin, his friends, now his son, now his daughter. Now, I, I don't take huge issue with just saying I've got this platform to put, quote, my people on, but I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't think you can say this is a business, it's open mic night, and we're in the best. Come on, man. You can't say we want the best podcast and give one to a 14-year-old girl with absolutely no experience in the business. You can hire whoever you want, but you can't. You just need to give a no comment. Yeah. That's that's probably your best play there, I think. I just I always wonder what's the line though? Where would the line be if if they have 90 employees and six editors are are black is that like clearly zero would be pretty bad. Yeah. But uh 6 out of 90 seems pretty low. Maybe does it have to Track with the population. Yeah, percentage. A, a reflection of the population. And then would you say, well, you don't have one Hispanic uh, editor? Yeah. And I don't know because, I mean, you think about their content, and a lot of it is uh, whether it's music or they're heavy, heavy on the NBA or shows like Atlanta. I mean, it's things that you would think there are plenty of talented, experienced people of color, that, like, let's say, in my age group, who could fill those jobs for you. So maybe the content, but is that weird too? Like, oh, it's an NBA opening. We need to fill this with a black person. Right. That almost seems yeah, racist pandering, itself, too. But I also, man, you can't, the hiring your family thing. And I, I got annoyed every time I knew that his dad or his cousin or that his, I would skip through those segments every time because I'm like, these people don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, he's right. It's not open mic night. Well, I think in conclusion, we can at least say we're just not sure about all the PC stuff, but it is a bad idea to be having your own kids on your show. Up next, we're going to have teens review Breaking Bad. Been a fun time today, huh, Trey? It's been been great, Dan. (laughs) I've just been having a good time today. So much I woke up thinking it's uh, only Tuesday, but now I'm just kind of feeling like, all right, I've I've had a good time. Quarantine Bad Radio proudly presents What Day Is It? See you next Tuesday. (laughs) This has been What Day Is It? Exclusively on Bad Radio. Is that what you were asking for? No, not really at all, but Mm. I'm I'm not against it. Okay. We have it. Especially, I've never seen Jake as happy as he is right now. He's glad he's happy. <laughs> well, seriously, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, you should do what you're doing. What's that? You got some audio to play? 
Oh, <laughs> Trey's, this, Trey's moving you along there, Jake. This rules. I, I, believe, I believe it's the Trey show. Oh, man. Get a little Trey a call. I am having fun. I do have audio to play. Glad Trey brought that up, or I'd have just sat there staring at Jake for the next seven <laughs> minutes. Which is great to do, just seeing a guy crying, laugh crying. <laughs> which is really good to be able to do day and age, really, especially. These times. So let's call this Teens Reviewing Breaking Bad. So during the pandemic, when this all started. No acronym there. We actually started watching Breaking Bad because, uh, you know, I think it's great. I had a great time the first time. I never watched it a second time and uh, thought, okay, the kids are old enough. They can watch a, you know, a show about meth cooking. I don't want to bog you down, but is that a cool moment? It's uh, different. Yes, it's cool. And I'm sure that if there's too much... When you can eventually watch R-rated movies with your own kids, it's a just a whole new thing opens up. Yeah. You know, a whole new collective experience. I love doing them, things with them all my life, and now I can... Well, I thought it would be more fun, because I thought, I'm going to be giving them all this gold, and they're going to be like, wow, look how cool Dad is. He's showing me all these cool things that I, I, we could never see when we were little kids, but now we're going to experience all these cool... I'm finding out everything I think is cool is like if my mom or dad would have pulled me aside and showed me Gone with the Wind or uh, <laughs> just some other little old talkie, you know? So I think it's going to be... Uh, it's it's just, It's a new world. It's a new world that you can open up. You can watch Hot Rod with your kid. You know? Yeah. Okay. So we watch Breaking Bad. They kind of rip it throughout. And uh, they don't rip it for the reasons I'm kind of ripping it. And maybe we'll get into this more uh, another day because I think we just more more or less have time to play the audio today. But, you know, I think there's just a ton of implausible storylines that we just nodded and went with uh, during the Breaking Bad uh, run. That Still great. I think it's still great, but I just don't think it's up there in the top two. Let's just at least say that. Maybe not top five. But we're not here to hear what I think about Breaking Bad. We're here to hear about what today's teens think about Breaking Bad. We've watched this all in the last couple of months. Probably uh, less than three months it took us to go through the whole series. As we now have had dinner with each other more times than we have since they were little tiny kids. Um so every night we will uh, order dinner, whether we make it at home or order out. Then we'll sit in front of the TV and watch Breaking Bad. The kitchen table has not been used for anything but storing papers in three months. Here, let's just start out with uh, the beginning, just their initial thoughts, as we wrapped up the series just two days ago. Let me just ask you, did you like Breaking Bad? No. Why? 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 This isn't a test. It, you didn't say to expand on my answer. Well, I am now. Oh. Because it was not interesting or entertaining to me. Like you seriously didn't like it at all? No. <laughs> it was actually It was terrible. actually really boring. It was actually so terrible. If it. I didn't watch the last episode after watching the whole rest of the series, I would sleep like a baby and live the rest of my life fine. Life. I would actually not give another thought to it ever again. There was, was no like, cliffhangers. I never wanted to click on the next episode. It was always 
just a chore to watch. Ugh. And all they used was like little filler montages because they couldn't think of anything to put in the storyline because the storyline was so small. I mean, it was probably cool at the time, all the little montages, but now it's like you turn on Grey's Anatomy and they got one of those to like, I don't know, keeping the faith. <laughs> I don't know songs. So nothing good came out of it. Literally. Like what was your favorite part of it? Or a favorite character or something. I liked one. My favorite part died. was when I thought that Anna Gunn died by going to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I like the part where she tries to kill herself. <laughs> what did you say before that? Huh? Oh, I like the part where Walt dies. Because <laughs> the series is over then. So that's our initial thoughts. It's a fairly in-depth, you know, critical thought. Just that they just fill time with montages because they don't have any story. Because it did love a montage on you. It really did. <laughs> um, next cut's about two minutes long. They're going to talk about uh, characters, and uh, I think we'll lead it with uh, females because I'm a girl dad, right? Rank the female characters. Literally, there were two. Um, they're all underground bad. There was the one crazy Stevia lady. She died, so... Stevia lady? That gives her props. With the dark girl? Todd's girl. Todd's kind of girl. Oh, she was so annoying. Todd's girl, he was simping over. She don't like him, though. Jesse's girlfriend? The first one? Oh, my gosh, the first one? Oh, my gosh, the first one? Thank goodness I cheered whenever Walt just let her die. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Great moment. She was so annoying. I thought that was pretty funny. And the fact that it caused a plane crash. Props. Yeah, that's not a cool connection. I wasn't like, whoa, oh my god, a plane crash because, like, this girl and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, I don't care, really, actually. Okay, we know Walt is bad, whatever. But, like, for the whole season, they were showing us this stupid bear eyeball floating in the pool. And then, like, the plane crash happens and it's like... He looks at the eyeball once in a drawer, and then it never gets brought up again. No one, I guess, cool, like, no died. one cares. Like no one fun died. Yeah. No one fun died. Okay, back to the list. Uh, another girl, Marie. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, next. <laughs> next, Anna, Queen Anna, our favorite. The actress did too good of a job. In the first season, Walt was like being annoying. To Anna, and then Anna starts doing the same thing to Walt, but it hit so different when she did it. <laughs> she was just the worst. I wanted to kill her. And then when she decided to do that for me, I felt very grateful. <laughs> you know, I read something that said the writers were gonna have Anna Gunn just kill herself. Not Anna Gunn, Skylar. Kill herself in the. <laughs> they have the actors kill herself. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's and then they did it for some reason. So I was like, Why? well. I like Holly. They yes. got some cute baby actors. Although it was very apparent whenever they switched the baby actor. So their favorite <coughs> female character is, is a baby. Uh, and I believe today, June 23rd, as Trey informs us as a Tuesday, is the day that the term simping gets uh, introduced to the bad radio lexicon. I'm so what is, happy to hear that. Todd totally simping over that one girl. <laughs> what does that mean? It, it means like I, obsessing over. Yeah, like uh, trying too hard yeah. to impress a woman 
that you're you just don't have a shot with. Todd was sipping. totally totally was sipping over that one. <laughs> okay, it's a word I've seen on the internet, never said out loud. Well, there you go. And the Marie, Ugh. Oh. both of them just hate Marie. <laughs> the bear, I think, also I agree. Yeah, no payoff. No, the female characters are very very poorly written in that series. I did notice. And uh, we have some closing thoughts. <laughs> so, in conclusion, um, if you're gonna Grade. watch it, I would maybe say Grade. you don't really have to. Just Google what happens at the end. The twist is really obvious. Actually, so. don't like like if you're that interested, then just try watching an episode, and I promise you, you will not care about the end anymore. All right. <laughs> That's right. Bodhi closes. Bodhi. So, I mean, we're talking possibly what? You may have said 60 hours together. Yeah. 60 to 65 hours. And their conclusion right off the bat was, I could have missed the finale and never thought about it again. And I would have slept like a baby that night. What I can't figure out is, are they just doing that to annoy me? Or is that their true thoughts? Partly annoying. Yeah, I was going to say that they, part of it, they don't want it. to give me any satisfaction. Right. I would bet they didn't really enjoy it, but they also want to annoy you. But if they really, really hated it, they could have opted out of it a couple seasons ago and just been like, let's watch something else. If they would have made it vocal, they just want to watch it so they can make fun of you. They for were being you pretty vocal good. about every time we'd turn it on. But maybe, like, that's oh, why they, do this again. maybe that's why they liked watching it. Is because they knew they could make fun of something you liked. The favorite, your favorite actor or character in a show is an infant. <laughs> is the baby. That doesn't speak. And they even had a qualm with that because, quote, you could totally tell when they switched to the baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. TV baby. We were talking about stuff earlier that's just TV size. Uh, you know, amnesia. TV babies never require any work. No, no poop. Yeah, it's great. Bad Radio Talks with Mark Ribier. I showed up in boots Ruined your black tie fare Last one to know All right. Last one to show I was the last one It's quarter after two. Jake and Dan here. And I saw the surprise And the fear in his eyes Joining us now I took his glass of champagne As our old friend the Loop Daddy, Mark Rubier. <laughs> Do you read me, Mark? Over. Gentlemen, how are you this fine afternoon? Mark. Feeling good? Are you in town? Are you here now? Uh, not yet. I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado right now. I've got two back-to-back shows here, and then I'm coming to you. Okay, because I know you are in Tulsa the other day. You are in That's Tulsa right. on Trump I night, was. right? Yes, that was interesting, to say the least. Do you think your presence is what resulted in the overflow crowd being canceled and the arena being so empty? You... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we have a lot of crossover. I think they all came to see me. Yep. <laughs> so help me here, Jake, uh, or maybe, Mark, you just help me. I have tickets for the show uh, Friday night Yeah. at uh, the drive-in in Fort Worth, but... Um, I don't have the official title of the tour and the official uh, place where it is and all that uh, and how to get tickets. Mark is, uh, man, 
Do you want to do the 30-second thing that you would, uh, if, if somebody just met you and you had to describe what is Mark Rubier? What does he do? Uh, why do I know him? Why, why are we interested in Mark Rubier? Uh, how do we say why this succinctly? Hair. Right. How yeah. do, it, it's hard to describe you sometimes. Like, it's going to take a, uh, sit down. Let me talk to you for a minute. And, uh, it, it's hard to give a 30-second thumbnail sketch on Mark Rubier. Why do we care well, about you? Know, you? Let me, well, you just have a seat. I'll pour you a little glass of whiskey, and I'll tell you very quickly that uh, I'm basically a one-man improvised um, meltdown. Uh, and, uh, you know, I get up on stage with no plan, no set list, and I basically make full songs from scratch. Uh, and it's all based on what I'm feeling that night, what the crowd is giving me, and uh, it can go in any number of directions. But there's a lot of crowd work. Everyone's involved. It's a weird, crazy thing. Um, and at the end of the night, hopefully you leave somewhat entertained. Um, and that's basically what I do. And YouTube is your general stomping ground, right? That's where people can really get to know you and where you made your name, yeah. I guess, right? Yes. If you want to see a little, slightly more digestible clips, uh, you can you can check out my Instagram. There's um, sort of shorter, more uh, more condensed clips. But YouTube is where all my material lives, yeah. So it's interesting, Mark Rubier, who is uh, somewhat from the Metroplex here in DFW, because on one hand, you do have a ton of crowd work, and when I've watched your live shows before that were not at drive-ins, you know, you're getting a ton from them, and it's a back and forth, so I would think it might be kind of hard for you to do this without being close to the crowd, but also, you do plenty of, of stuff with no one you're just in your apartment and we're watching you online so how has the experience been of trying to have that crowd work in uh these uncertain and unparalleled times <laughs> well i'll tell you what man because we have we spoke before the tour started and i was very unsure of how the tour was was going to turn out but now that we are well over halfway in um i can tell you a hundred percent it's worth your money it's just awesome we have been having like an insane blast out here it's the most fun i've ever had on the road and uh we've basically me and the crew have worked very very hard to 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 make this feel like a true live show and we're 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 we've sort of implemented a bunch of stuff to to make it feel that way. I, you are going to be interacting with me. I am running around the parking lot. I'm taking calls. Uh, I am leave. you know, we have me performing in this little pod that I leave every once in a while to go out into the parking lot and interact with everyone. It's like, it's just a very strange experience that doesn't really feel certainly like any other live show I've done. Um, but I don't think it feels like many other shows out there just because of the the way we've had to put it together. It's a drive-in movie theater, so we've basically had to reimagine um, my show and sort of just live live performance in general from the ground up. Um, and it's just, it's weird, man. It's weird, but it's a really good time. So you buy tickets per car. Like, for example, wife and I are going with another couple. We just bought the four total attendees per car. So... Do you stay, can you exit the car? Do you just stay near your car? What's the setup like for the audience? Yeah, yeah. So, this, you know, originally when we started scheduling the tour, the, um, you know, the social distancing guidelines were much stricter than they are now. So we've sort of 
been a little more flexible on that front. But basically the way it is, is you pull in and you have a, a small area around your car that you can, that you can hang out in. So yeah, you can get out of your car. Um, but, but you have to stay within, you know, the, basically the immediate area of your car, but you can do whatever you want to do in or around your car. That's your business. Do whatever you want, bring your party stuff, get, get your thing down, get your relaxed, get your funk on. And, uh, you know, we, we, we just want you to party and have a good time with us. Where's the ticket link? What's that? Let's direct you to IWannaHotbox.com. I wanna W A N N A Hotbox.com, and you can buy tickets there uh, for either the Friday night show or the Saturday night show. Um, and you've been yeah. you've been pleased with the the attendance and the sales of tickets thus far for this uh, this this new endeavor. The attendance has blown me away so far. Um, I was very nervous about it. I think we have had all but one show sell out. Um, which is just incredible given the circumstances and that the, the ask here, you know, it's just, it's a weird thing to ask people to go to, but um, yeah, we've sold out uh, 99% of the shows and, you know, Dallas historically being my strongest market, I would love to pack out both of these shows because it makes the vibe better. The, you know, the whole energy is better when, when, when it's packed out. So that's what we're trying to do, baby. Do you know I bought two tickets? If I get two more people, can I then just pay for them and and like I don't want to freeload. Uh, I don't have anybody going in the trunk. Yeah, I think so. Okay, um, I, I, I I believe you can do that. You may want to check with the venue, but I think you can right. uh, do that. You know, when you're pulling up, it shouldn't be a problem. Because we're yeah, we got a couple of possible uh, add-ons. Anyway, this is Mark Rubier. Our buddy, the Loop Daddy, you could see his corn streams on uh, on YouTube. So we like following you on Twitter. Fun stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what's the Garth Brooks feud we find you in? <laughs> did it? <laughs> did this stem Garth from? I saw he made some Brooks. announcement of doing a drive-in tour as well, but it's not. I don't know. It. I saw a couple of feuds you're in. I can't remember the other one. Someone yeah, else announced they were going to be doing the first ever drive-in yeah. music tour, and you were like, "Oh, really? Huh? Interesting." Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? Yeah, these are they're 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 really meaningless beefs, and, they, and in fact, I wouldn't even call them beefs because they have no idea that they exist. I'm right. It's just, a one-way feud. <laughs> it's a one-way feud. But yeah, of course, Garth Idiot Brooks uh, announced. A a uh, and and I'm completely joking as well. I, he's a fantastic performer and an extremely uh, successful. Salt sure. of the earth. Oh yeah. Salt of the earth. Oh yeah. Chris salt Gaines. I'm more of a Chris there. Gaines guy. <laughs> oh well, you know what? He he didn't commit this atrocity about announcing a drive-in concert series where he's not even going to be there. He's recording a set and basically broadcasting it to drive in movie theaters across the country. And get this, the Saturday night show in Dallas, my show, guess whose idiot self is going to be playing their show on the other screen? No. Yes. Absurd. So it's going to be Mark Rubier versus Garth Brooks, except he's not going to be there. The and showdown. He's charging the same amount for tickets that I'm charging for my show. This is the I'll showdown be- we've always wanted to see. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the other thing is, it doesn't matter what city you're in, you're going to see the same show from Garth Brooks. Right. Exactly. Now, if you were to be in Tulsa last weekend and you go see Mark Rubier, and then you come to Fort Worth, you're going to see a different show. Mark uh, Garth Brooks doesn't show. have the balls for that. He just doesn't. <laughs> and by the way, do that. I that's, so. <laughs> that song we played coming out of uh, break wasn't even real Garth Brooks because no Garth Brooks music is on Spotify or Apple Music, or maybe it is now, but it's not. Uh, what was it? It's like a knockoff. It's just somebody doing a cover. It was like a... Trey just oh, really? Yeah, that wasn't even real Garth. See, I actually kind of like Garth, oh. but the yeah. thing is is that i got to pick a side, and the choice is easy for me, Mark. <laughs> well... That is very flattering. <laughs> who very who else did that? that? Not just Garth. Somebody um, else announced, like some band, right? Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Third Eye Blind. They they made this big post saying they were announcing the first ever concert series at drive-in movie theaters, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's I don't care. I just I just thought it was fun to. No, uh, I'm boycotting them. That one's going to be yeah. tougher for me. I'm a huge fan of theirs. How's uh? You just oh, said you're a huge fan of Garth too. I know. I know. These are. Legends trampling all over our legends our, are, are our falling. Buddy Mark here. Uh, <laughs> what's bus life like? This is your first time touring on a bus like that, right? Yes, it is, man. It's so great. It's so great. I I was um I was a little worried about it going into it, but now I completely understand why bus life is the preferred life for touring musicians. If you if you are lucky enough to be able to do it, um, it's. It's just great. There's no packing. There's no boarding passes. There's none of that crap. You just get on the bus, and uh, Rick, the man, drives you across the country. Um, and uh, I, I've been in great hands. The crew's great. The driver's great. And just having the time of my life out here, man. So Rick has to sleep during the shows? Yeah, Rick sleeps during the day, and then he, uh, throughout the night, just drives us across long country roads. All right, well, we'll be there this weekend. We hope others will join us as well. I got tickets for Friday night. I don't know about you, oh, Jake. Mm-hmm. But, Saturday uh, for me. Saturday for Blake. And uh, what's the website again? I wanna... the web... It's IWannaHotbox.com. I-W-A-N-N-A, Hotbox.com. You'll click on my tour because there are two tours that Hotbox is currently doing. Um, but you'll see all the tickets for Dallas-Fort Worth. Right there, get those tickets. It's gonna be, it's gonna be wild, dude. Dallas is my hometown, so I'm gonna be bringing the heat. I, I really enjoy the fact that you were not satisfied enough with your own last name being confusing to spell and say, and for people to to track you down. You then went and doubled down with a slightly confusing website name for yeah. for ticket purchasing. Uh, that just shows the strength. The strength well, of what you, you can if overcome. If you're familiar with hot boxing, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that confusing. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, man. Good luck. Thanks. Good times. Thank you guys for having me. It's so good talking to you as always. And uh, hopefully, when we're all not wearing masks, we will all mingle in person at some point. It's a date. All right, we'll man. See you, man. There he is, all Mark right. Rubier. Iwannahotbox.com. He's the guy that does the hang zone intro. If, uh, you know, that would have been something to come out of break with, too. I mean, just Monday morning quarterbacking to help promote the guy. 
Now for some old Dan bits from Ohio. Yes, we are reviewing early career Dan McDowell when he had aspirations of starting a comedy network that would supply bits to radio stations all over the country. This is something that still exists today. Uh, Morning shows are typically, I would imagine, the ones that play them in between their songs. And that's a weird concept if you think about it, because what would what you say you, hired? you do here? <laughs> yeah, we, we supplied the songs, we supplied the comedy, like what right. else? Um, so he, you he throw it to a weather guy? He and a buddy of his, uh, back when Dan was in his, his mid-20s and this guy was in his uh, you know mid to late 30s, they had similar comedic interests and thought, we'll knock a couple of these out. We'll do some fake spots like the one we heard for the eat anything you want diet before the break there. Mm. Here's one where they uh, they go after the uh, a certain type of auto industry. For just $500 down and $50 a month, you can be driving a brand new car. This offer based on 36-month closed-end lease, no buyout option, 7.9% annual percentage rate. Price is good on base models only. Does not include air conditioning, stereo, tilt steering wheel, cruise control, automatic transmission, sunroof, or power windows. All models not available at all dealer locations. Price is subject to all applicable local taxes, title, and dealer preparation costs. Prices may be slightly higher in the south and the west. Does not include delivery. In fact, nobody has nor will they ever buy a brand new automobile for $500 down and $50 a month. Dude, so relatable. Classic. The the the, the fine print ads. The, the classic. Uh, the five second ad yet. Right. The uh, twenty five seconds of of disclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely norm. Now I will Brilliant. tell you that this bit that I'm about to play for you, as I was listening through these, this is the first. Possibly only time that I genuinely laughed and not at your expense. Okay, so this is possibly actually funny. I think so. I think so. On the next Occurrence Affair, you know her as Charlie Brown's teacher from the Peanuts cartoon. But on the next Occurrence Affair, we'll show you a side of this sweet lady that you've never seen. Secret Life of Charlie Brown's Teacher on the next A Current Affair. As a concept... Good Lord. As, <laughs> as, as a concept, Charlie Brown's Teacher working for a sex line is funny to me. And that whenever you press pound, you only you hear her in the same voice, but she's moaning with increasing intensity. I think we have some concepts. Yeah. I, I, Throughout this, there are concepts. And I like your fake hard copy voice or current affair voice. That sounder That's, is so cool. Yeah. As deep as I could get. <laughs> Rick wasn't around for that one. I don't think he might have been better suited. Now, what we have here is not a 30-second ad for a TV show or a weight loss program or a car dealership. This is an entire bit um, the likes of which something you might hear at 840, um, like a uh, uh, 
I think of uh, when I did like the fake promos for intentional grounding, like the fake Robert Wolanski promos. This is a, a full fleshed out bit. It's about three minutes long. And trust me, we're going to want to stop and start. I present to you from 1993, Winefield. What is it with this celebration of St. Patrick's Day? I don't think there are any Patricks in today's society that we'd want to elevate to the level of sainthood. Let's see. Patrick Swayze, Patrick Dempsey, Pat Riley, Patrick Ewing. There's Pat Robertson, Pat Sajak, Peppermint Patty, Patty Cake. I guess the androgynous Pat from Saturday Night Live fame would be the only saintly Pat character that I can think of. If only we knew if it was a man or a woman. So much like the show Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld, or Seinfeld. Seinfeld, it's spelled Seinfeld. Have you ever never, never watched Seinfeld? I think I just started saying it like Ron Washington. Oh, okay. Steinfeld. Steinfeld. But much like that, much like Seinfeld, uh, he starts with himself doing stand-up yeah. from his bit. The old early shows, yeah. Right. And that's exactly how... Maybe this was during that era. Weinfeld started. Weinfeld, yeah. Weinfeld, brought to you by Poopsie, the best carbonated beverage on the market, with that great brown Poopsie color. And now, back to Weinfeld. Now we're in the apartment. I can't believe you're wearing green today, Gorge. How can you afford a new outfit? You don't even have a job. <laughs> and quit eating all my food. Who is it? It's Elaine. Come on up. Ouch, creamer. Now, have you noticed now, the, the production is solid, but yeah. Have you noticed the hilarious names? Uh, Gorge. Creamer. Gorge, who always eats. Yes, creamer and uh, Elaine. Yeah. Because she's lame. Yeah. Now explain creamer. Coffee creamer? Really, just change the name. I don't know. I don't know that there was a storyline which would explain it. Perhaps there is. Well, let's... Uh, let's to, yeah. Yeah, let's check back here. Uh, the entrance of creamer. Ouch! Creamer! Big entrance. Creamer always has. Why do you always have to burst in here? Can't you just knock? Come on, Jerry. It's my signature entrance. Hey, you got any half and half? There it's in go. the fridge. Hey, thanks, buddy. Uh, gotta go. Where are you going? To the parade with Stuman. The parade. Hi, Creamer. Hey, later. Where's he going? To the parade. Now, how did the other, like, for example, this female voice that I hear here, did this just, is this one eye? No, this had her probably in. Rick's probably Rick's <laughs> girlfriend eye. or something like that. <laughs> Cloud Eye. Okay. Come now on. was now was she a- Don't come on me. <laughs> you didn't have to include the note that the glass eyeball was so dirty. Mark what Jake just said to me. <laughs> yeah, it's Mark. <laughs> and that tray laugh. <laughs> um now was it the, the, the woman who plays Elaine, was she did it take several takes because she was having to stifle laughter through <laughs> Yes, the outtakes are uh, <laughs> the director's are, cut. Are, are very funny with us just bursting out. Where's he going? To the parade. Ooh, come on, Jerry, let's go to the parade. I love parades. No way. There is absolutely no possible way on this earth that you're going to get me to go to that parade on this day. 
Little transition. Oh, Jerry, isn't this great? Smash cut. I to love St. Patty's yeah. Day parades. Don't you agree, Gorge? You know, it's a good thing that chili dog has green sauce. It blends right into your shirt. Hey, isn't that Creamer and Stuman leading the marching band? It is Creamer, and he's marching the whole parade down that dead end alley. Classic Creamer. What is it with green on St. Patrick's Day? Back to the stage. Green beer, green beans, green sleeves, Mr. Green Jeans, Norman Greenbaum, the Jolly Green Giant. I think I know why we wear green on this day. It's because we don't know who this Patrick guy is, and they go and proclaim him a saint. We don't like to be called saints, so I guess we're just green with envy. Oh. Now, if I were to provide you with some, <laughs> some, my producer's notes here, the bit itself is not much of a send-up of Seinfeld. It's basically just Seinfeld with a couple names changed, right? Like, there's, it's not that much more ridiculous. It's just kind of like you wrote a Seinfeld sketch, but called Kind of them. like, yeah, what might be a, yeah. a Seinfeld episode, right? Right, whereas like the fake spots are Trying level to be 10 over the send-ups. Yes. Right. The closest you got to that was Gorge, Creamer, and Elaine. <laughs> but in, <laughs> the construction <laughs> of the bit, it doesn't... It, it would be like if fake Jerry sounded exactly like Jerry Jones and read actual quotes from Jerry Jones. <laughs> right. But his right. name was different. <laughs> yeah, but his like name was Squary. Scary Jones. Right. <laughs> it's not... Oh, man. But I, I appreciate your candor. I can't get over how youthful you sound in these, Dan. You just sound like you're about 13. Yeah. Maybe we should revisit his play-by-play sometime because those are a real treat as well. Yeah. Well... But you're, it's not like you're bad at play-by-play by any means. Your voice is just so different, and this is why every year on a certain cast member from that 70s show, in his, when his birthday comes around, I take my headset off and realize, man, I wish I had not been on the air whenever I were that age. Yeah, well, when we if we're going to keep volleying, volleying back and forth, yeah. up next we'll just go back to uh, 19-year-old Jake on the hard line. Let's do it. If you want to do that. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, we get to hear, like, Blake's earliest work is right here. <laughs> they started him. So out. I'm not sure what to do, to, <laughs> how I can get back at Blake for all of this. But, uh, yeah, Air Force One. Call us if you want. More of that gold. If you want production <laughs> for, for your comedy network. Bad Radio with Joe Kip Reviews Full Metal Jacket. Jake's brother is joining us as we review Full Metal Jacket. I wanted to do this at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, but then Corona. What's the deal with that? I'm saying. So we might still do it at the cinema someday. We should. But back when we were first talking about this, it was like, well, Joe's working for the XFL, and I don't know when he'll be back, and it was going to be a very difficult thing for timing. But we were all able to watch it now. And according to you guys, it's on HBO Max, right? I'm pretty sure that's where we saw it, yeah. I don't think it was on Netflix. 
It was. Um, HBO. HBO okay. Max. Okay, so we're just talking about different things. Boot camp was is a main thing. The first forty five minutes of the movie are great. I think the whole movie is pretty great, but there it's definitely a couple different segments. Uh, but I wanted to talk about when he found. When he was doing an inspection, and I don't think I should play this. It's two and a half minutes long. But my favorite scene is when Private Pyle, when Arlie Ermey, the drill sergeant, finds he's doing inspection. Is that common? They walk up and down making sure everything is perfect? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, you have to be... That'll happen probably once every two weeks. Okay. Uh, I love working for... Um... Oh, that's the other one. Sorry. <laughs> you just love that one so much. That one is a good one. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. He sees an unlocked footlocker. Which is also a massive thing. What's that? That's massive, too. If you have your footlocker unlocked, be prepared for all of your stuff to be thrown. Have you seen this? Absolutely. Why is your footlocker unlocked? Sir, I don't know, sir. Private Pyle, if there is one thing in this world that I hate, it is an unlocked footlocker. You know that, don't you? Sir, yes, sir. Did you yell back responses? Kids like you, there wouldn't be any favor in this world, would there? Sir, no, sir. Get down. Now he's going to pick it up and dump it all over the floor. Well, now, let's just see if there's anything missing. Holy Jesus. <laughs> what the f*** is that? What is that, Private Pile? Sir, jelly donut, sir. A jelly donut? Sir, yes, sir. How did it get here? Sir, I took it from the mess hall, sir. It's chow allowed in the barracks, Private Pile. Sir, no, have sir. Have you seen Are something you like this? To eat jelly donuts, Private Pile. I have seen something like this. We had a candidate who got caught with a cookie in his pocket that he had took from dinner. And the drill instructors ordered a bag of Oreos in from the PX and made him eat the entire thing. <laughs> in front of everybody? Absolutely, yes. Because you were hungry. Private Pyle has dishonored himself and dishonored the platoon. I have tried to help him, but I have failed. I have failed because you have not helped me. You people have not given Private Pyle the proper now, this is after he's already messed up a hundred times. And- From now on, whenever Private Pile f***s up, I will not punish him. I will punish all of you. And the way I see it, ladies, you owe me for one jelly donut. Now get on your faces. Open your mouth. They're paying for it. You eat it. Ready? Have you seen that? The punishment, you punish the whole platoon and not the guy. Absolutely, yep. That as well. They're really big on, you know, you're only as strong as the weakest link. And, you know, you can't really have weak Marines because then it kind of puts everyone else's lives in danger as well. So, absolutely, group punishment for sure. Boy, that eating the whole thing of Oreos is like you've heard about the uh, the dad that'll catch his kid smoking one cigarette and make him smoke the whole pack or something. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt, I'd love to know the efficacy rate for that. Like, can I check back and see later if those kids turned into chain smokers and if they talked through Or got cancer. Or, yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't, I don't know if that would stand up today. Uh, you shared with us the other night when we were watching it uh, that you sucked at making beds because that's a big deal. That You have to have the, the in at least in Full Metal Jacket, the four-inch crease, like the perfect fold. 
And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that anybody's really good at making a bed. You just kind of make it. Well, you can be better than others at it. Um, <laughs> I was always told to engage my mind before my weapon, so I don't think I was doing anything dishonest. Uh, but... Yeah, so I'd take my boot bands, and, you know, they're kind of like little stretchy hair ties, and then on each side I have little hooks. So I would hook those into the sheets and into uh, the blanket, and then I would bring them all the way underneath, and then I would hook the opposite end into the bed spring. Uh, so I got that on all four corners now. So now it's just staying tight. You could drop a quarter on it, and I would not sleep underneath the covers. I would just sleep on it, so... Next morning, so you whenever, never made your bed, really? Yeah, well, you know, every now and then, sometimes, <laughs> you know, once a week, uh, something like that. You know, everyone's all hustling around. I'm kind of making the fake movement over there, like, oh yeah, I'm, this is tough. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, that's using your brain, man. That's officer material, if you ask me. Oh. Uh, so, you know, we'll give one reset here. It's Joe Kemp. This is Jake's brother, who was in the Marines, and we're now uh, reviewing the movie Full Metal Jacket which is about being in the Marines and going to Vietnam. Uh, and were push-ups a big deal? Like, Absolutely. Uh, push-ups, we were, we were a little bit more doing pull-ups at the time, if the bar was around. Uh, but if we we're inside, push-ups or uh, burpees. The punishment of the, the day punishment, would be yes. doing how many? Until they said stop. Honestly, I'm terrible at push-ups, too. I got these long, gangly arms. Uh, so, you know, I usually max out at about 50. I think one of the cool things about this movie, too, though, is in addition to the fighting scenes, and this is why I love Generation Kill, just because it's the war he fought in. It's kind of like my generation's war, uh, the recon Marines in 03. But it does also show in this movie a lot of, like, there's just there's some downtime. <laughs> like, even when they get to part two and before they're, like, moving from the Tet Offensive, like, there's just a lot of J.O. time in deployment. Oh, yeah. And those are always, like, the funniest things that he told me about. Um, so, like, what's your best one from that? Where'd you get sent? Uh, so I got sent to Kuwait, that, right on the border of Kuwait and Iraq. We would use that as, like, our staging uh, ground to launch supporting attacks uh, into Iraq and then sometimes all the way up into Syria in the fight against ISIS. Uh, you know, obviously in that, that Vietnam War, they probably had a little less time to, to you know, jack, jack around a little bit. Um, I'd say our deployment was maybe, you know, over 10 months, 10% of it was actually going out and doing stuff, where the other 90% is really just kind of sitting and waiting. Uh, so Marines can get very creative with their free time. Uh, and I'd, I'll never forget, towards the end of the deployment, too, uh, walked into my Marines little barracks, my two best Marines as well. Uh, they had corralled a camel spider and a giant scorpion, and they had <laughs> dropped them into a massive like cardboard box. Got in a canteen, covered the bottom of the floor uh, of the box with water, and then dumped about five scoops of Inno Explode down into the water and mixed it around. So now that's a uh, like a pre-workout, just tons of caffeine. Creatine, yeah, all sorts just, of stuff. Trying to get you know a couple hopped up bugs to fight each other to the death. A scorpion and a spider. A giant scorpion, yep, and a camel spider about the size of your palm. On cocaine, basically. Oh yeah, <laughs> like D ball 
was just straight HGH. And much. then, what was it like? Uh, the, the <laughs> was Scorpion, it awesome? The Scorpion ended it in maybe five seconds. <laughs> was there gambling beforehand? There absolutely was gambling, yes. And it was kind of like a situation where I walked in before it happened. I was like, gosh, if I... If so you're I, the officer in charge of this? Yeah. Of these guys? Yeah. And you could have said... I sanctioned it, I guess. Cut out this grab ass? <laughs> yes, without a doubt. But in your head, you're like... This is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can't really ever show that emotion too much, but... I knew when I was getting home, I was getting out a month later, so I kind of already been like, "What are they going to do to me?" You know, not that big a deal. Let the let the let the boys have fun. Uh, but it, definitely in the back of my head, I was like, "Man, my radio operator gets stung with the scorpion that they're trying to corral. I'm going to be really screwed here." Um, who did you bet on? Scorpion. Okay. I saw the length on the tail. I knew that thing could immediately hit. You know, wrap around and one one shot rifle right there. <laughs> So you would have to, you would probably have to get the spider hopped up and not give the scorpion the roids, and then just to even it out a little, just, just to see. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing too about this movie that's way different than than you know when he was deployed is, yeah, I mean I could talk to him fairly regularly, not right. like a ton, but I mean he had as I was telling you the other day like a puck, they yep. gave him Wi-Fi like on his person. And so it's not near as isolated as like Vietnam or even you know what, what the year? wars were. So what, where were we at in iPhone technology and all that? Oh, this was uh, let's see. I left right after Thanksgiving 2016. Came home oh. in September August of 2017. Okay, so yeah, you got iPhone and oh, absolutely, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get good internet. It was all right, you know. Maybe you know. I feel so ridiculous complaining about freaking internet, you know, <laughs> on war. deployment in the middle but. of the It was okay, you know, <laughs> slow speeds. Uh, you know, in the barracks, it was it was good uh, enough to you know power your computers and you know go to Netflix and all that kind of stuff. But uh, once you started moving away from the barracks, it was it was not good. Did you have an actual computer? I did. Yep, I brought my computer over, watched you know top ten critically acclaimed series that I needed to catch up on. Okay. I mean, when you're not working, you got nothing to do, really. Right. Yeah, so if they clock you in overnight for 8, 10, 11 hours, the rest of the day is kind of just... Did you ever have... Were you ever in combat? Um. So I don't, you know, not to get too deep into that kind of stuff. The the things that I were doing that I was doing was more so supporting our ground units with airstrikes. Um, depends on what your definition of combat is. Like, did you shoot anyone? With what? A gun? Uh, not a gun, no. But my weapon was the the airplanes, and we—I mean, we went to work. We, you we, weren't uh, the I was pilot, the, though. Yeah. See, I've always wondered about that. Who who gets these kills? Is it uh, I'm calling in the targets, and I'm calling in the ordnance? I'm marking the targets, talking to the aircraft. Hey, you're going to go take this heading, this routing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're the ones actually shooting the missile. So you know, I'm, I feel like maybe give me like a twenty-five percent. They can <laughs> okay. still, they can still have the majority of it. <laughs> Uh, you know, we would we would take you know some indirect fire and stuff like that with mortars, but nothing really ever too close to really make you that scared. Uh, but no, I never had to engage anyone with my rifle. And I'm obviously super glad about that that that's the way that that shook out because you know the part in Full Metal Jacket where uh, I think it might be Arlie Ermy reading it where he's giving them their MOS, which is your occupational service. So what job are you going to do? And you get to sign up for what you want, and then rank them, you know, let's say top three, top yep. four, I don't know. Yep. And then they'll decide if you're fit for this, and if you're not, go down to your next one, are you fit for this type thing. So when Joker got journalism, he had clearly signed up for that, and they knew he'd be really good at it. They also gave Pyle infantry because they could tell this dude can shoot. 
He was very good with the rifle. Right. When he first put his MOS down, he put down infantry. Right. Which scared the S out of me. Because I'm thinking, this has got to be the highest probability for casualty or for, you know, coming back with, you know, with something you're going to have to deal with. And fortunately, to tie all this together, I actually think that the video you played earlier of him getting cleaned out at Houston and all the stuff he had to do in college uh, at Tulane was a big part of why he wasn't able to move ahead in infantry because a lot of those dudes, they haven't played any sports. They certainly hadn't played at that level. Their bodies are a lot fresher. So like he got what he wanted and got into infantry, and I don't remember how long in it you were, but you, eventually he was like, dude, my body is not in the same place as all these dudes are. I need to get to logistics or something else. And that's when he got moved out. But that's also when you saw the rabbit I told him about the other day. <laughs> yeah, so the rabbit story is all time, I'd say, top three proudest moments I've ever And been at this a part point, of we're in just in infantry. Track, yeah. Like TBS. Right. No, uh, infantry officers course okay. is, is what I went to. IOC. And, and IOC. Yet yeah, we were learning, you know, how to live off the land and. And, you know, how to make hydration systems out of the creek beds and all that type of stuff. And, you know, this guy, it was almost like his how he caught our attention. You know, you're giving a speech or something like that. First thing he does, just goes behind a big tree log, pulls out a live, full-grown rabbit. I mean, it was incredibly cute as well, <laughs> like making a little kind of like a noise, too. And we're like, oh, what's what's this about to be? Then he pulls out a baton. Oh. We're like, this is not going to be good. This this is going to end poorly for this rabbit. Snaps it right over the head with it. Breaks its neck with that one hit. He tells us, you know, you can get this fur off real easy. These rabbits actually have kind of loose fur. And he, you know, scrunches up that hair at the back, that fur, and literally takes this rabbit's fur off its body with one just violent rip. And now we're just sitting there like, this thing was alive 10 Without seconds ago. Without a knife? Ago. No knife, no. Absolutely rips off this excess, like this fur. What was the point? Why did he want that fur? Uh, he wanted it off so we could cook it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when I was just like, wow, these guys are hardcore. Yeah, I remember him telling me, like, <laughs> yeah, I've been, like, in some tough guy spots, but I think I might have... I might have bumped up against the ceiling of my level of nuts. These guys are, uh, these guys are a little different. So, would you say there's... What would you say about watching that movie? Realistic movie, or...? Oh, it's definitely realistic, and I'm sure, um, I can't recall the, the gunnery sergeant's name, Artie... Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey. He, he was a drill instructor, right. so that definitely helped, and I'm sure he had, you know, a part in the creative process with it. Yeah, he was like an advisor. For sure, and then, you know, obviously I can't... So that part is 100% accurate. You know, maybe some of the methods, methods have changed, but the message is still the same. Uh, and then, as far as the combat type stuff, uh, you know, I, I only can speak... To a certain portion of it, obviously wasn't, you know, room clearing and whatnot in Way City, but uh, just kind of the aspect. There was a line in there that I that I really hit home with me whenever they were the journalists were asking him a question and you know, do you think the United States should be in Vietnam? And he just kind of looked at us like, well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I know I'd need to be in Vietnam. That's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, that's where Marines do. They they go and fight and win. And you know, I kind of thought the same thing whenever I was over there. Just like, man. I don't know. I mean, ISIS seems really bad. I, I'm okay with this, but should we be over here? And I was like, this is where, where else would we be? This is what we're made to do. Did you have any interaction with people that live there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And were they happy that you were there? 
Yes, especially during the fight against ISIS, uh, because they were, you know, pretty darn aggressive against anyone who didn't share their beliefs, which also included, you know, uh, homosexuals, you know, people who might not be uh, Christians, even, you know, people who just are not going to to lay down to to ISIS's stranglehold. We would take them in. I mean, they would live on the base. Uh, so I never really had any negative or any actions, uh, interactions with the locals. That doesn't mean they probably just didn't voice it to me. <laughs> yeah. You had the gun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's uh, that's pretty much our review of Full Metal Jacket. I'd go A+. Plus. I thought it was real good. For I sure. thought it was pretty tense. Ahead of its time a little bit. Shot very well. Yeah. I loved it. Yep. Yeah. Finally, a Bob birthday surprise. Uh, joining us now is uh, my oldest friend in Dallas, Bob Sturm. Hello. Robert. Gentlemen, double trouble. Now, number one, <laughs> we wanted to have you on to say happy <laughs> birthday, Bob. Happy Aww. birthday. And he's working and everything. <laughs> happy birthday, Bob. And he even Man. comes to work. He does not have the Jake contract. Nope. You know what I do on my birthday? I radio. Grind. Do a little reading, blog, perhaps even engage in a Cowboys all-time draft with uh, with my esteemed colleague Jonathan Machota, and we just uh, we just roll, guys. We just John. get it done. You well, take John. Danny Cole. We have two reasons that we wanted to have Danny you on Cole. on your birthday. <laughs> okay? okay, two reasons we wanted to have you on here on your birthday. Number one. I just wanted to publicly say that your friendship and our uh, working relationship that we've had over 21 years, uh, and this is no shtick, my life would not be as good as it is had you not been a part of it. I'm, Aww, a, big, man, I'm a big Bob so fan. Nice and I wanted to uh, publicly state that uh, for all to see. I'm holding and up my boombox over my head and playing you for in your eyes. What's great is... I think we both feel the exact same way about each other, but we've been so sarcastic for 21 years, people probably think we're both joking. Right. we're not. I mean, I love Bob. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing he did ever annoyed me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, look, it's uh it's 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 fantastic and I uh you know I feel the exact same way right down to the fact that I tell anyone in this business that I would probably still sound like uh, off-brand Jim Rome if it wasn't for Dan. So, you know, that's important. Well, that's that's uh, very uh career altering. Okay. I and so- I feel like uh what was Aria's guy's name? The guy that taught her, like, she came in, like, she, she wasn't allowed to touch the sword, only, like, a tiny little stick, and he would slap it out of her hand, and then eventually he's like, all right, now you get a sword. And uh, he, he, he taught her how to fight and how to, how to defend herself. Yeah, That's how I think been? of Bob. I don't Chuck know. Chuck no, no, no. The the guy who said, uh, what do we say to death today? Oh. Aragorn. Ar- I don't know. But that's how I look at Bob. Is like, I'm just a tiny little fighter. All right. That's the number one reason we wanted to have you on on your birthday. Boy, number the rest one, of this just for me to. suck, though, isn't it? Say again? Right? The rest of this is going to suck, right? <laughs> you don't know my playbook. <laughs> you have no idea. I just, number one, just uh, uh-huh. professing my deep and undying love. And, uh, and that is not shtick. I am forever grateful to Bob, and uh, going through uh, the years we did, 
uh, he was. We had a little bunker, Bob and I. We had a little foxhole. Um, Our bunker within the bunker. Number two reason <laughs> we booked you a birthday guest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the the truth is, last year this birthday guest was on the hook. But sports happened, things happened, I can't remember, but seriously, some things happened right around your birthday, and we were about to go on vacation, I think, and we had to bail on the birthday guest. So, But then we were thinking this week, you know what, I'd like to talk to that person anyway, just on our show. Like, I would like to, this is a very interesting person to me, so uh, we were like, yeah, we could have them on, but... That just would just seem weird. There'd be no context. You understand that, Bob, right? You need like a <laughs> yes. reason. So uh-huh. we had it set up for last June 26th. Right. And we're going to do it today instead because we're still great friends. It's not like we broke up, right? So uh, right. we're, we're going to bring the birthday guest on the phone lines. And you created the rules, so you can't be mad at the rules, that you yeah, are you now... Can. <laughs> you are now to uh, you get to uh, say hello and, and ask some yes or no questions to try to determine who is the birthday guest, and then we can all talk to the birthday guest. Does that sound fun to you here on your birthday? Of course, it doesn't sound fun. It was designed for you. Okay, so uh, how about will you just at least yes, go along with of it? Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. so. Let's I would welcome, be delighted. Let's open the phone lines and welcome uh, uh, our mystery guest. It's the Buyer's Barricade Ticket Hotline. And uh, mystery guest, say hello to Bob, and then uh, please answer some yes or no questions with, of course, either yes or no. Mystery guest, I hello. I would have hung up the phone and the and the radio 10 minutes ago. I would have never put up with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. And uh, say hello to birthday boy, Bob. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Well, I'm A-okay. That's not a yes or no question. Oh, yeah. I did say, how are you doing? Both of you did not listen to the rules that I had laid out. That's right. There's a lot of rules. Two renegade rule breakers here. Go ahead, Bob. Let's let's have you start asking some questions. Okay. Son of a gun. Uh, Are you... An actor. No. (sighs) Are you in sports? Maybe. See, that wasn't a yes or no answer, but that wasn't a yes or no question. Yeah, it it was was a yes or no question, kind of, but. I would say yes, yeah, knowing, say yes. knowing I, 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 I know a bit about you, Mr. Yes, so I'm going to say yes. Are you, hmm, in sports, not in acting? You are not in acting, just to reiterate. I answered that already. <laughs> I know. Okay. Are you in media? Sure. Sports media. Um, are you in television? Sometimes. I would say generally no, though. Holy cow. Are you in sports radio? Maybe. 
Texas, but yes. Were you in sports radio uh, in a very prominent type situation uh, in the years past, let's say? Sure. <laughs> Did you go with a on-air name that might not be on a, say, a driver's <laughs> license? Sure. Were you often fabulous in this way? Absolutely. <laughs> Did you guys book me the fabulous sports babe for my birthday? That's right. Because we know she had an influence on your career as you... Yes. Didn't you run the board for the fabulous sports babe? I believe that is, in fact, uh, absolutely correct. And uh, that is too funny. I've been talking about this for 10 minutes. I would have never had you people. I would have hung up the radio a long time ago. I don't know when you were with me, but if I helped you, good, because you're horrible right now. (laughs) On brand. (laughs) That is awesome. uh, Wow. Nancy Donnellan, correct, Nancy? Yes. Nancy with an I. Wow. I am so I am so honored, a fabulous sports babe, that you are joining us today. Thank you so much. I yeah, I ran your board like in nineteen ninety five, I think. Uh, were you at ESPN by then? I was there. Yes, I was there. Looking ridiculous, but I was there. <laughs> so uh, How funny is this? Yeah. That's awesome. The fabulous sports babe uh you know, was the one Female voice we all knew, I think, growing That's up. That's right. And uh, you started in Seattle, is that correct, Nancy? I actually started in Boston, and then I was in uh, Florida for yes. uh, quite some time. I went to Seattle. Okay. And I went off to horrible Bristol, Connecticut. You got kind of you got <laughs> huge in Seattle, though. That's where you may I guess you really broke through. Uh, According to what I what I've read about you, but and then yeah, I guess you got really really big with ESPN. Um, do you have fond memories? I know I know they had a uh, you had a breakup with them, but do you have good memories of those days? Not that I can remember, but let me just tell you that it took them twenty more years to put a woman on the radio at ESPN. Do you know that? No, since yeah. you left. They said, we're not putting another one of those guys on again. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Nancy, if you, if I may call you Nancy, I don't know what uh, what your friends call you, and I hope we're friends now, uh, given that I ran the board for you for at least six months. But um, <laughs> I, I, I am curious if you remember as fondly. Like, if you're saying the ESPN experience was, was suboptimal, which it sounds like it was, well, no, we at least... I'm sure that it's fine today. It just wasn't when we were there because it was a different no. time. The people that ran it are very different than the people that run it today. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm getting at, though, is could we agree that one clear positive was the theme song they made for you? Because I can still hear it in my head, and it was wonderful. How you you can still hear it in your head. I think that's great. You know, somehow they put me into the Radio Hall of Fame and they did all of the stuff from there and everything that I had done since. And it was really kind of weird 
and fun to hear it again, to hear the songs again. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know if it's, is it online, guys? Uh, Trey, if you can find it, I would really like it. It was some sort of, uh, well, I, I could sing it, but it would be very bad. Let's and Dan go. would love nothing. No, Dan Come would love on. nothing more if Come I tried here. to sing you it. Sing it. Help us. Help us out here. Come on. Nancy well, is asking all I know you to is, sing it, dude. All I know is the hook, which was the fabulous sports babe. And everybody's like doo-wopping and, and, and snapping and kind of just singing <laughs> along. It was very catchy. You have to you have to know that, right? That was very good. We had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Did absolutely. he did he did he nail it there, Nancy? Uh, he came as close as anybody else has done. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, he tried. I would give him the try aspect. Yes. What What went? Okay, so you were not. It was a different How about time. Me recognizing her voice, like oh, the no. second she said hello. Like I, I was kind of playing along there because your voice is one of a kind, isn't it? That's why it was like when I talked to the producer guy, I said to him, do I have to disguise my voice and go blah, blah, blah? But they said, no, just be yourself. Well, I said, that's going to knock it out. Yeah, well, uh, oh, what, went, so happy. What, what went awry? Was was it after I was I reading? Know, that it's you- just for me, I, I was there and I couldn't get out of Bristol enough to go to New York City. But I came down with uh, cancer and... For people who don't know, I have huge breasts, and I had breast cancer, and it was, you know, and it took forever for me to do the regulation thing that you have to do. It took like three or four months instead of something that should have been done in a month, and it just, I really thought I was going to die that year, actually. I don't want to make light of it, but. No, you don't have to make light of it. I mean, it's been a long time, but I'm just saying that. I really thought I was going to die. I had to call my agent and say, get me out of here. Oh, really? Okay. You know, which she finally did. And I just said, because I think this is not going to last for me. I didn't think I would last another year. But let me ask you, you, you intimated that is breast cancer worse if you have big breasts? <laughs> um, I can't talk about others, but for me, and we'll go into it, but if you go somewhere, let's say the radiation, it usually takes 28 days and you do five and you have the weekend and five. But for me, I have such huge breasts <laughs> that they had to like, after the first five days, they had to put like this malaria gel. And so something that should have taken a month really took three months. Okay. And it was, it was a drag because of it. I mean, like, you know, they're burning the hell out of you. I love it when you go in there and they say, okay, we're going to do this. And then they go behind a three-foot wall and then they zap you. Well, right. no wonder. But but yeah, you're telling... Go ahead, Dave. You, well, I was just going to say, you're <laughs> telling us there is an actual downside to having huge breasts because... Uh, well, there are... I'll just tell you, from my side, you damn right it did. <laughs> <laughs> This Do, fabulous, uh, oh, go ahead, Bob. It's your guest. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It's your show. Uh, I, I should just let you uh, reset. This is the fabulous sports babe, Bob ran her board. What year would you say that was, Bob? 1995, I think. And I would be amused to find out if she still thinks guys with cell phones are probably rich by default. <laughs> <laughs> well, not by now. I mean, I think 20 years ago it might have, but not now. <laughs> so what is that bit? You would refer to... Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm asking you. 
Oh, she would. I believe she would introduce cell phone callers as uh, particularly rich. Probably uh, this, you know, because he's calling me that way as opposed to on a landline. That was a rich boy on a cell phone, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh wow! Are are you are you still a sports enthusiast, or have you uh, you do other things? Well, I I actually. I, I don't drink and I don't smoke, so therefore I saved a whole lot of nickels when I was in Connecticut. And so I look out on the Gulf of Mexico right now, and that's all I really care about. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. What was your, yeah. can you tell us your top earnings when you were the, the, the top of your, uh, uh, the well, top of the heap with all the endorsements and everything? What one year? Did you ever make like $5 million in a year? I made a couple of bucks. Okay, so you won't tell me. Just like the yes no. or no answers. You can't. You can't be a little coy, though. You know, when they said to me, you have to do yes or no, I'm like, I can't do yes or no. <laughs> I'll um, say sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, he had such success with the breast question, he just thought he could ask anything. <laughs> yeah, yes. You got to throw it out there. Am I right? <laughs> like, if you're talking to me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I don't know about other people. But people who know me know that I have big breasts, and I pay for it then, that's for sure. All right. Well, I think we're having fun here, Nancy, and I really, really appreciate you uh, joining us to uh, wish my good friend Bob a happy birthday. Did you ever do that, by the way? I don't know that you did. Have ever had someone call me up and say, talk to Bob. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a gift. Sure. This is a, a gift for him. You are the gift. So Isn't it? In a stupid pandemic, all I do is swim all day and I look out the window. That's it. Well, that sounds pretty well, sweet yeah. to me, actually. This is probably a, a big highlight then for you, to be able to talk it to Bob. Good. It's a big highlight. That's what it is if I have <laughs> Man, this is awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Bob, happy birthday, and you guys don't ever call me again. You two at the ticket, all right? (laughs) You got it. Thank you, fabulous sports baby. Thank you, Nancy. Goodbye. Back to the ocean. I love you. There she is. (laughs) Did she mention that she... Might have size breathing in. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) That's good to know. I got... I got seven different things to say holy cow about right now. <laughs> well, including uh, sort of just kind of making up I ran the board for. I was very aware of her, but she was never actually on our station. And I, you know what? I, I assumed it stuff. was like a syndicated deal. You know, like me yeah, saying well, I ran course. the board for David Stein. I never met the guy. No, no, no. Yeah. The she. She was never on my station. I played along there for that brief part. But, uh, of course, back then when I was just getting out of college and trying to get a job, uh, she was one of the few people that you knew were big national voices. And uh, (laughs) her voice, dude, I haven't heard her voice in 25 years, and I knew who that was in three seconds. And I I don't know how. That's a weird thing, right? Well, what a what a present you got today, huh? Bet you didn't think you were going to get that. No, I was incredibly up. confused, but I was very delighted to visit with her. That's awesome. <laughs> Which right. I think is your goal, right? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, have, have, you know, mess around. It's Friday. I loved it. It's Bob's birthday. That's awesome. Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend like that. We're ghosts.
Jeff Catlin speaking. Cat. Hey, Grego, what's up? Hey, man, listen. I hate to do this to you. You know, I would never do this to you if it what's wasn't up? big time. I can't make it in the show today. Why not? Are you sick? Are you okay? Man, I tell you what. I, 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 Are you sick? Well, it's it's not a, it's not a matter of sick, man. Cat, get off the sick, man. Oh, I, well, what's I just, it a matter of? Are, are well, you okay? I, I can't make it in. I can't make it in. Greg, are you okay? Well, I mean... Cat, I mean, you tell people long enough that horse crap is peanut butter, they're going to eat it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what oh, I'm saying, Cat? No, I do. Are you sick? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Listen, you're not I, listening to me. I you, can't make it in today, and it it's not sick, man. It's not a question of being sick. I mean, I could be sick or I couldn't be sick. I mean, I just can't let the door hit me where the good Lord split me. What? Have you talked to Reiner? Unbelievable. Have you Listen, talked to Reiner? Don't Ryan? tell Reins. Don't what? tell Reins I'm not coming in today. Well, what do you mean, don't tell Reins? You he's can't your... tell Ryan's cat. Listen to me, man. Grego, he's your partner. Just please don't tell him. All right, fine. Have you talked to Bruce Gilbert? I mean, you need to call your boss and let him know oh, you're not coming. Oh, boy, don't bring Bruce into this. Don't let Bruce into it. What do you mean, don't bring him into it? I just he... don't want him to find out. I'll call well, him. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll call okay, him. Okay, fine. Well, someone needs to let him know. I mean, he's the program director. Uh, oh, I just I can't come in. Is everything okay? I can't come in, Cat. Well, I mean, why not? The, the puppy faces have a deck of cards that can't make me fly like I used what? to. What? Are you feeling okay? They just can't make me fly in the poppy seeds what? with the pretty butter. Do you need me to come and check on you, Grego? Are you okay? Cat, don't come out here. What do you mean? Don't come Well, I want to come and house. check on you. Just don't come out to my house, man. Well, I'm telling look, you. What? It's all the it's all the zebras with the, the roofing tiles. What? Cat, are you taking too much vigor fit? Are you feeling all right? Cat, listen. Call Goldie and tell her to call me immediately. I'm having problems. Well, right. Cat. I'll call Goldie and you call Bruce and Rhines. Oh, uh, Cat, there's a big tennis shoe in my cheek. <laughs> it's what? up under the skin, Cat. Grego. Cat. Are you going to be able to make it in tomorrow? I love you, Cat. I love you. Hello? Grego. Grego.